previously, our four adventurers delved into the twisted realm of the Demon Web Pits on a rescue mission to bring back Thrym's mentor and Veyron's general, Bjorn Wildfist. Traveling deeper into the dilapidated ruins of a facility reconditioned to be a prison, the group came across a room with cages built into the walls, as well as a titanic metal cage holding an unconscious stone giant. Shortly after entering, a disgusting human slinked out from one of the cells, his face disfigured from some sort of burn, giving off mad scientist vibes, and seemed to be in charge of Bjorn's incarceration. Opening the cages on the sides of the room, unleashing horrid monstrosities of stitched-together bodies, the prison warden attacked. Fighting off the creations as well as the scientist, his body melting into a large portion of acid hidden on his body, they found the key to Bjorn's cell and awoke the massive figure. Bjorn's body seemed fine. His spirit and energy, however, seemed damaged. Rushing out to expedite the process of escaping, they ran back into the center of the structure, only to encounter an almost forgotten enemy. Lenara, a handmaiden of Lolf, who crossed paths with Nyx and Thrym, long ago stood in their path. Lenara transformed into her true self, a horrid Yaklal. A tall, grotesque form, reminiscent of a melting candle that would rearrange itself only to melt again. Using massive amounts of energy, Lenar twisted the room to her advantage, blocking the ability to use magic and preventing range and melee attacks from penetrating in waves. In between the waves of intense energy blocking their attacks, as well as navigating plumes of black flame and a constant wave of spiders swarming down from the ceiling, the battle grew more intense. As Lenar's power weakened, the forces around the room grew more intense, as a detached voice of dread and horror echoed throughout the chamber. Kill the drow! The deep feminine voice exclaimed. Lenar and her spider allies focused in on Nyx, which gave the others the opening they needed to weaken her more, and eventually led to her downfall. Finally melting into a yellow goo, a sphere rolls out onto the floor, emitting immense power rarely ever seen before. Another umbreaker had been found. We begin tonight with the orb slowly coming to a stop on the bloody floor. The sound of spiders above begin to intensify, causing a bottleneck in the holes in the ceiling, and the way back to their exit clear. So Thrym's going to run over and grab the orb. Sure. Um, you go and pick it up, and it had rolled across bits of yellow goo and, and, and blood, and you pick it up, and you feel this weight upon this 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 sphere of uh, immense magical energy that you feel has only been present when a, a being of significant power has been nearby um you uh, all kind of hear this boom boom and you look over and in his still weakened state Bjorn now uh shuffles into the room um kind of looking to all of you for, for guidance of where to go next. Um, let me see the map. Still is active. Thrym, where, where you went uh, on the map, I kind of positioned you where, where you would have seen the orb. Uh, you look up, and um, if you recall before, to the, to the north um, is literally an exit out of this structure. You guys had recalled seeing an, an endless landscape of gray 
and spiders of all shapes and sizes and more like very dilapidated ruins like the ones you're in of elven make. Um, this time, however, you do see um, essentially what you would consider a tidal wave of spiders rushing in your direction. Yeah, guys, we need to get the fuck out of here now. Wait. Um, is Cax gonna... still invisible? Uh, that's a good question. I'm gonna put a hand on Nyx and use my last spell slot for Cure Wounds to give him another nine hit points. And then... Uh, I guess I'll start shuffling towards the exit. There's not a way for me to drop my invisibility willingly? Doesn't I mean, invisibility I... drop when you attack? Yeah, so, yeah, that's what I'll have to do, is I'll fire an like, arrow. Draw your scimitar and slash the wall or some shit. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll do that. I'll swing my scimitar, and then I'll fail my concentration check. Like, I'll willingly fail that. I, I, I feel like we need to look into that because you should be you should be able just to drop it when you want to. <laughs> well, that's the thing with invisibility is it drops when you cast a spell or when you attack. And because of... So if I, if I swing the scimitar anyway, I drop. Or it drops because I'm not firing Whisper. So, yeah, I'll swing the scimitar and become, and become visible. <laughs> cool <laughs> so you just out of the corner of your eye through him you'll just see a kobold swing a scimitar and, and Gax is visible again ah there he is yeah alright we need to get the fuck out because uh and I'll point to the open doorway which from where Cax is standing he should be able to see that can we get out like yesterday please <laughs> As you say that, uh, two things happen around you, Cax. The You hear this boom, boom, and this massive, weak hand, like, comes down and, like, scoops you like a baby bird in, uh, in Andre the Giant's hand and, and lifts you up. He goes, come, little one. We need to go. And, and as you kind of, like, look one more time as he begins to usher you at a, at a pretty brisk pace, you do see like, really small, tiny spiders begin to cover and engulf the entire floor coming into this building. Like, you, you where you see them coming in, it's like a, a blanket of black is starting to creep in. Um, the larger spiders are still pretty far off, and as you, as you can tell, um, most of the larger spiders that were on the roof that were attacking you jammed themselves into those holes and don't have the intelligence to figure out another way in. Um, so at the, for the moment, everyone's able to, uh, if that's what they are are doing, is is headed uh, back to Amdusius's chamber. Yeah. At this point, uh, Nyx, you, you look over at the uh, pretty flat mat of goo that used to be uh, Lenara, and you you can't help but feel like a little bit of pressure off of your chest, knowing that this once powerful villain uh, is no longer in existence. Yes, uh, 
after having killed Lenara, Nyx will have almost immediately dropped the Storm Sphere and dropped to his knees in weakness. Then Key comes over and slaps a few extra hit points into him and it gives him the strength to stand. And as he begins to make his way across the room in an effort to leave, he'll kind of grin slightly, but it's, it's like a grin of relief. And as he leaves, he's just going to cast Sacred Flame on the goop. (laughs) Once or twice as he runs across the room, just making sure that the wax is melted. As you as the Sacred Flames impact, you see like these like mini explosions of yellow goop that just lift up and then melt back again. Uh, No form or... Yep, that's movement fine. Movement besides that. I want a dead dead. Is uh, Nix's Detect Traps potion gone now? I'd imagine it's probably gone at this point. Uh, the amount of potions he's downed in the past two <laughs> sessions. It only lasted for an hour. By the time we got back to this room, it had maybe ten minutes left on it. Mm-hmm. Roll me a. I'm trying to think. Roll me a, a survival check, Nix. Oh. <clears throat> okay. I can do that. I can, I, rolls. And oh, okay. Um. No, I'm not Fourteen. Even Fourteen. Uh you uh, kind of. A rush ahead and even uh, as you get to the the arch into that hallway um bjorn bjorn's moving fast but you're moving faster you take the lead and with that uh roll you do identify where you recalled seeing the traps last time okay cool um just setting up thingy here thing um as as that's happening my my music kind of betrays me on this but uh as you guys are are rushing down that hall the the darkness above you in in this portion of the hallway from the 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 ceiling that's of spider webs is completely (sighs) practically pitch black everyone's night vision is beginning to kick in um and behind you you are hearing large uh like skittering and and chitinous movement come from the the room you were just in as you guys bombard into uh the room that amdushis is in and you see him just using his claws and just continuing to hook bodies and whipping them into the fires around the room and he, he looks over very lazily almost and sees you guys coming and he actually looks kind of surprised to see the very large stone giant coming he goes Oh, are we ready? Yes, we need to leave now. Get oh, us the fuck out of here. Oh, I'm excited about this. And he gets to the center of the room by the time you all gather in, and he kind of looks like he's c- going to kind of take a dump from how he focuses. And nothing is happening quite right away, but then you guys begin to see at the edge of your dark vision very large like drider sized spiders rushing down the hallway 
and just as you think you may have to begin to defend yourselves, like everything goes like purple. Just white, like a, a purple flash engulfs your vision, and almost immediately you guys are, are whipped out onto the floor uh, unceremoniously in the throne room uh, in Elianath. Is that what I called it? I don't remember the hell I called it. Eleneath. That's the that's the realm. Eleneath. Um as you guys your your vision begins to come back, you realize that there are uh spider limbs littered all over the floor. And it seems like Amducius's teleport had uh severed some limbs that um got taken along for the ride, but the rest of the bodies, however, did not. Um Thrym, you look over and see uh, on his hands and knees, you see Bjorn uh, kind of disoriented, and he's kind of just, like, almost frozen in that position as everybody else begins to get up. Bjorn's on the floor on his hands and knees. Where's Kax? Uh, you are kind of, like, underneath him, like, nestled in there. Okay, Kax right. is You're good, don't kinda... worry. <laughs> Kax is kind of going to wiggle his way out from underneath the the gargantuan stone giant and get up and like brush off the spider goop from all the carcasses that got transported with us and say and uh, like kind of look at Thrym and go uh <laughs> next time I need to be carried can we make sure that it's you he, he's not as gentle yeah he's used to like bigger things even baby stone giants are bigger than you <laughs> he picked me up by my head I got a li little excited little one you hear like gasping breath coming from Bjorn and he 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 kind of gets up on one knee and looks up um and sees Veyron running over to you guys and he immediately stands up and begins to bow and suddenly, just in a very rushed, concerned fashion, um, that's a little out of character for Veyron's confidence. No, 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 no. You bow to no god, my friend. No. And he he tries to, like, shove his body up into, like, a straighter position, but he can't quite reach. And he, like, takes a hold of Bjorn's hand and kind of pulls him over kind of to where he has his throne and asks him to sit down. He, he he passes you, uh, Nixon Thrym, and he kind of gives you this very, like, appreciative nod as um, a little bit off in the distance now. They they begin conversing with each other very quickly. Um, he's, like, snapping his fingers, and the, uh, the shadow servants are bringing over, like, large, very, very large, like, barrels. Um, and they're having to work at it to bring these large barrels over, and Bjorn just very shakily takes it, and you can just tell it's just like barrels of water just to kind of help uh, hydrate him. And he he kind of glances quickly over to you, Nyx. Um, very quickly, and then back to Bjorn, and you guys are kind of in a, in a circle by yourselves currently with Emdusius. So you guys, you guys did it? It's, it's done? 
Yeah. You well, got you, you got any food in your pocket? Nah, I I gave it all to the big guy. Oh, uh, maybe he's got some food. I can get I can get some food. Yeah, there's, there's plenty of food here. Hey, I'm glad you guys survived. It's it's good for my job. It's good for your job. And I'm kind of excited to see what happens next. You get to see the moon now. Yeah. And he, like, wanders over to one of the windows that just goes into, like, complete darkness and, be like, puts his big clawed hands out and just kind of looks kind of, like, excitedly like a kid at, like, an airport watching the airplanes, like, take off, just excitedly looking around. It would be cute if he wasn't gross. Exactly. <laughs> <sighs> I'm just going to mm. start shuffling towards wherever we, uh, sleep for the night. Uh, yeah, he's exhausted. Uh, I'm. I'm gonna look over it through and be like, "You, uh, you should probably catch up with your with your old mentor." I, yeah. Um, I I can't really stand anymore. I've, I've pretty much exhausted everything I've got. Uh, Thrym's gonna pull out the orb, hold it in his hand, and be like, "Do you want this, or should I give it to Varen?" Uh, that fucking thing. No, we should probably both present it to him. Yeah, let's do that real quick, and then get you a place to lay down. Yeah. Baron. He, like, very quickly, like, looks over, looks back at Bjorn, and then looks back again, and he immediately, like, is drawn to, uh, the object that Thrym is holding. Oh. Thrym, Thrym's spinning it on his finger like a basketball. There, There's <laughs> almost this, like, I don't want to say an evil smile, but a very, like, sinister. Sinister. She goes, is that what I think it is? As far as we can tell, it looks like the one she stole from us months ago, so. And he, he holds his hand out, he's like, may I? I'll hand it over to him. And he holds it up and spins it around, and it's just to, just to get a sense of scale on these spheres, they're like the size of like pool balls, almost. Like, they're not very big, but... Um, Thrym, when you were holding it, like, the weight you were feeling, it, it wasn't, like like I said, like a physical weight. It was more of a, like, immense power. And you can see when you hand it off to Veyron, he picks it up as if the whole entirety of it was light as a feather for him. And he goes, <laughs> this is the sphere of translocation. He, lo he looks incredulously at Bjorn. And Bjorn kind of shrugs. What the hell happened? Bjorn was trapped. We killed his keeper. Tried to get back. Ended up against the Yaklal. Not our first encounter with her either. It was fun. Yeah. She didn't like how it ended. Uh, Bjorn speaks up. It's the one that captured me. 
and he kind of looks a little bit like embarrassed by that fact. And a, a nice gentle hand from Veyron like pats him on the arm. This this changes a lot. I'm a little concerned that Loth would have seen through our jailbreak. Well, that's <clears throat> that's kind of the thing. Lenara mentioned that. Loth kind of predicted we were going to try to get Bjorn out, and that's why Lenara stayed behind rather than going with the rest of the troops. We were expected. Yeah, when you said you thought this might be a trap, it was a trap. They were trying also, to kill They were trying to kill Nyx. Yeah, maybe you have some insight on that. Why would she specifically target me? The fuck was up with that? I mean, we're doing this as a group. We are a group effort... You're kind of, you know, the driving force behind this. Why am I the fucking target? I nearly died out there if it wasn't for Key. I don't quite know. I get it. I mean, in... I'm a male drow. She looks down on us to begin with. I've been on a thorn in her spine for, what, three, four, five months now? And yet she actively wants me specifically dead. This whole thing leaves more questions than answers, but... Yeah, no shit. If I had to guess... This is going to sound absolutely bonkers, but granted you guys have, uh, you know, gone to the plane of fire, done all sorts of other crazy stuff with me, so... Uh, and lived. And lived. So crazy is part of what we do now. Wait, isn't Cax just still invisible so Ed lived and just came out of the darkness? No, no, he's, no, he's visible, visible now. <laughs> <laughs> he's just, just kind of hanging out a little bit out of the conversation. <laughs> close enough to listen in. It kind of slipped out as he's trying to eavesdrop and went, oh no. There... I don't know of any that prescribed to this situation, but... You see, the great houses are built upon the service of Lolf, and occasionally their diviners and crackpots and sorceresses uh, tend to lean on certain functions, and, and one of them tends to be uh, prophecies. I wonder if something got in her head thinking, you guys escaped... Then suddenly I come back from my prison. Word got back to her. So she thinks taking you out might kind of set some dominoes off. I mean, this isn't, <clears throat> this isn't the first time they've tried to kill us. When we sent those decoys out, they blew up the fucking caravan. Yeah, but we only did that we only did that like a week ago. We know that they're targeting us. And now we've heard from Loth herself. Kill the fucking drow. You know, maybe it was kind of a two birds with one stone type thing. Because I wouldn't be here in the first place if that thing hadn't freed me. Maybe she wanted you and it dead. Yeah, Figured. Well, she only got 
She didn't get me. Not this time. And Veyron, God or not, I don't ever want to hear the word prophecy out of your mouth again. No, oh, I think you me. I mean, you know, I wanted Bjorn back, but I wasn't saying to you, ooh, you need to follow this prophecy. It's your destiny. That's Yeah, you know how garbage. I feel about people telling me how my future's going to end up. He said it again. <laughs> and he, he, like, gives, like, a genuine smile to you, Gax. So, this, and he holds up the sphere, changes a lot. I actually think I know exactly what we need to do now. I thought this moment would be very far off. We have confirmation that the forces are on the surface about to strike Silvery Moon. I guess I didn't expect the sphere to be so wantonly used just to take all of you out. That tells me there's a little bit of desperation here. Tells me that Loth is careless. Well, she's all about symbolism. Taking you out with the power of that sphere tied to a Yaklal is a pretty poignant avenue to let everyone know who's in charge. Yeah, but to trap the Yaklal in with us. That with, is reckless. With the sphere, the one thing that she needs is this weapon. And she just left it there for us to grab. Uh, now I'm not saying that she's the smartest, but what if she doesn't need it anymore and that's why she did it? Like, if she needed it, it'd be pretty stupid. Like, even I recognize that it would be stupid to send it in there if I need it. But if she's doesn't need it anymore. Is there anything that that she could have that would be a replacement for that? Or not that I'm aware of. The realm breaker in its purest form essentially committed genocide on a massive scale. Is there... is there potential that she never wanted it for the realm breaker, but? To instead get information? Well, the only information she would have gotten out of this is that she wholly underestimated the four of you. He looks over at Bjorn and you you all can now tell that that with a healthy dose of hydration and resting, um, he already looks like way better than he previously did in the demon web pits. Thrym's going to dig into the bag of holding and pull out the cube. The actual cube. <laughs> Be like, you want this? It's not a bad idea. I mean, look, if this is really far-fetched, although I think it might be our next step, but if we do get the third sphere, 
We could take her out. The army on the surface would be would be nothing without the leadership. They'll they'll scatter back to Menzo Berenzen or wherever the hell they will want to go. I do have plans for that city. Actually, I don't have plans. Someone else does. However, what are your thoughts on uh, taking a field trip into Silvery Moon? My best guess is that's where the next orb is. I mean, why would they be there? Well, I don't think it's there, but I believe Lady Emiratus can help us. I can set up a face-to-face. I think okay. I think I know how to get you there. Would she actually be willing to meet with us? Oh yes, and if I ask her to, she will be more than happy. Um, I am uh, pretty proud to say that uh, she is one of my. Uh, she's not a general like Bjorn is, but she's pretty influential with the redeemed. She has been working tirelessly ever since my exile to keep a population kind of rolling with our aligned goals. See, they may be surface elves, but the elves in Silvery Moon kind of understand what's at risk being so far away from the other cities. So their faith in me, faith in what we can do, is pretty palpable. But she, as a matter of fact, is one of the most powerful magic users that I know of. Besides what I can do, of course. If she can help suss out the orb, like I think she can, that could tip this war in our favor swiftly and effectively. So, <clears throat> Thrym's just gonna kind of hand Vayra on the cube. And he he takes it and gives you a, uh, almost like a little bit of like this like mock military salute. But you, you you tell he's not used to that kind of thing, but he does legitimately mean it from like one soldier to another. Oh. He looks over at Bjorn. Did I did I do that right? And Bjorn just kind of shrugs. He goes, ah, close enough. Yeah, close enough. And I'm going to take the fake cube. And I, when I made this, I like studied the actual cube. So I, I imagine the thing like works like it's supposed to. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it would click around and uh, only Cax would be able to tell if it was uh, pretty, uh, pretty accurate or not. And yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take, hey, Cax. And I'm going to toss him the fake cube. I will catch it. <laughs> you catch it and... Uh, I'm not going to let it bounce off my head. As far as you can tell, it's it's a pretty accurate uh, duplicate of, of that item. You, you It may not necessarily... It doesn't have, like... There, there is, for, for my magic users, there is some sort of aura emanating off it but it's it's a low like almost background 
kind of energy, un very unlike the, the spheres. Um, but uh, visually, like, it looks uh, just remarkably similar. So you would be able to fool the average layman, but not potentially uh, someone who knows what this object does. And With that description, Cax will probably take a double take at it before realizing that it's not the normal or not the uh, original. Yeah, at this point, yeah, you you would know you would know that this is a, a dupe. I would hope so if you watched that entire interaction. <laughs> he's listening and kind of looking, but not really. Might not like be the same. He's just one, kind of looking around. I told you I'd get it back to you. It's not exactly the same one, but it's close. Right, it'll, so you... uh, it'll do. So, Aramakos will be able to help us. I think getting you back down to where it is will effectively allow you to be smuggled into Silvery Moon without the forces above and even the forces below from knowing. You two would know Aramakos has that ability to mask magical emanations inside and would keep you off anyone's radar, per se. When you, when you say down, you mean like down. Oh, yes. Back into the Underdark. Great. It will be, from what I've been told, Aramakos has increased his territory uh, significantly. It'll be easier to get you into territory. However, um, the means of getting you into the Underdark, um, I think we will leave with our friends at the encampment. I'm thinking after you all rest, uh, you two have a lot of catching up to do, I would assume. I should be able to uh, portal you directly to the Evening encampment and get guidance from them on the next step. We're going back to the Underdark next. You can see your boyfriend. Still have his egg, right? Boyfriend? Nix isn't even acknowledging the joke. He just looks visibly stressed out at the thought of going back to the Underdark. Veyron catches on this. He goes, You'll be and I can vouch for that. His influence stretches well into Silvery Moon itself. You will be under the guise of a cloak, per se. It's only for less than a week, I would assume. Unfortunately, Lady Emiratus and I have kind of pumped up the barrier around Silvery Moon. We're anticipating siege weapons to be used, as well as magical bombardments. In all essences, remember the dome covering the city of Brass? It's yeah. very similar to that. 
So nothing is going in and nothing is going out. And that also includes from the ground. But Aramakos will be able to help with that. Get you in. Hopefully the lady can supply us with valuable intel about where we might locate the third sphere. And then we move from there. There's something else I was... Well, not I personally am wondering about, but... Don't you have something to free? He did his job. And oh, he wants him! To, he wants to see the moon, and there's no moon here. Oh, is there not? And he kind of smiles. You see him take the, the sphere of translocation, and... You see, like, a purple energy drain from the sphere into the arm of Veyron. And suddenly, uh, even you, Cax, with your uh, lack of magical ability, feel like this, like, electric field in the air. And suddenly, the, the room you're in that was glowing like a dark red begins to glow like a... Like a a bright, intense, almost orange. And you actually begin to see more detail in the floor pulse out from the feet of Veyron. The, the chambers themselves begin to unfurl tabards that come down with the symbol of a mask uh, with, a, with a purple background. And suddenly this room just transforms into a well-decorated throne room fit for a king. Uh, outside, uh, everyone looking over, just kind of observing, also sees a landscape begin to form out from what you guys perceived as darkness on the outside into almost a, a, a night night vision night vision of like a forest. You begin to see like weird, strange-looking trees that you're not able to identify draped over, and suddenly, winking into existence, is a pale purple moon and as soon as that winks out it gives the the, the landscape uh, a, a, a purplish hue and you you just hear this like <gasps> coming from Amducius as he points up very innocently and he goes it's the moon it's the moon and Veyron kind of smiles back at you, Thrym. I think Amducis and I will have a talk if he would like to remain here. Preferably under my service, he is more than welcome to. I do think maybe staying in this realm might be more beneficial than, say, uh, going back to the Prime Material plane. Probably. It's uh, taken a while for stone giants and drow to uh, be taken with uh, open arms on the surface. I can't imagine someone like him would have uh, such an easy time as you do. Yeah, I, I don't think people are going to go rushing to help a demon. Yeah, I don't think I would use him for such awful purposes as uh, corpse removal, however, but seen him in action. He's a pretty decent fighter. 
I kind of want him in my army. Let's be real. And he looks over at, at Bjorn as he says that, and Bjorn, like, kind of looks over and studies him and just looks up. Yeah, there's there's probably some potential. So before you go and rest, uh, any concerns about this plan? <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do. Not a fan of going back to the Underdark, but whatever. Well, it kind of sounds like a death trap. Do we want to address that? I just no? don't. Okay. I just don't exactly foresee a viable option on the surface of getting you in a well-shielded city with practically all of Menzo Berenzin on the surface along with a lot of Lal's minions and get you in undetected. This is the best option to get you in undetected. Like I said, gotta do what we gotta do. Great, well... I mean, Cax uh, isn't necessarily wrong. But then again, pretty much everything I've done since, well, I got captured has been a death trap. That doesn't mean that it has to always be. No, Cax in this line of work, haven't you uh, seen the patterns? Wish I didn't have to. Well, you I'll go back to being dumb. It was easier. As far as what you've told me, uh, you actually aren't a part of this. If you wouldn't be more than welcome to head back to Neverwinter, if that's what you'd enjoy doing. No, I can't leave now. I have friends in this. You have a very appreciative god as well. So, without taking too much of your time, please rest, recover, chat. I'll have food out relatively soon. And then we'll take it from there. Okay. <clears throat> I'm gonna go and, like, not exactly sure how I'm gonna do this. I'm guessing more like reaching down and looping underneath one of his armpits. Like, help Nyx walk to the room where we once were and, like, get him situated in there. Yeah, Nyx is not gonna turn down that help. <laughs> and then once I got Nick situated, I'm gonna walk it back out to find Bjorn. Sure. Alright, I guess we will take our first break. Alright, so where, where the fuck were we? You were through me, you were going, going out to talk to Bjorn? Yep. Cool. Axe is gonna stay um, in the room with Nick's. And we're back. <laughs> uh then key you're 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 conked out right yeah i, I went to uh river our beds are and i'm just kind of playing with feathers barb thinking about the uh the kenku that we had to kill okay um so thrim you you venture back out and you see um you see bjorn actually standing up and it looks like he's trying to do some like like stretches with like his arms and and he he kind of looks over 
and sees you, and he he kind of meets you halfway, and you realize his his movements are much more fluid, and he doesn't look like he's like a hobbling elderly giant currently with his movements. Feeling a little better? Getting there. He looks you up and down. You were he like leans down, he goes You were that big when I saw you forever ago. Yep. Then when when I saw you before she took me, you grew into a powerful caster. Slash warrior. Slash midget, but yeah. Oh no. See, the way I always saw them, I don't want to throw a word like that out. The, when you grew, and I saw how tall you were compared to the other ones in our tribe, I knew you would grow up to have this aptitude. Some of them never do. Some of them don't like it. Some of them feel like they got robbed of a heritage of being as tall as this, but it doesn't make them any less of a stone giant. And I could fit into most buildings. That can be helpful at living in society. But you all risked your lives to rescue me. I would have done anything for you, little pebble, but I certainly am appreciative of what you did. I'm glad sacrifices didn't have to be made for this to happen. For you. I mean, you knew I was coming after you. It's apparently to the end end of some realms. Yeah. And it, you look around, uh, Veyron isn't currently there. He's been good to me. Ever since we had to make a home in the Underdark. And I learned of him realized what he stood for. He's not one to throw away his pawns in order to get at something higher. He may be a god, but he values mortal lives, which is more than most gods can say. What's, what's ironic about this right now is, and this is just, like, out of character, Threb is currently bleeding everywhere. <laughs> he is yeah. bloody as you, Thrim, fuck. If, Thrim, uh, like, you're probably not feeling it. You're, you're so <laughs> hepped up on adrenaline. <laughs> He's, like, leaving a trail of blood everywhere he walks. Like... Well, this is this is just part of the badassness of the uh, the stone giants. Yeah, they just they're just shrugging this shit off. But uh, yeah, Thrym's gonna look up at Bjorn and go. So during one of our 
we'll call it adventures or whatever. Basically, I was possessed, I guess you'd say, by a wraith. And I talked to you. Was that actually you? And in between them trying to divulge information out of me, which awfully embarrassing for them, but I've fought worse battles than a lot of what they did. I would be in that cage for many presumably days on end. And I knew how to talk to Veyron. Of course, in that weakened state that they had me in perpetually, I wasn't able to communicate in the normal fashion. So I entertained myself with thinking of my friends and comrades and you. And I remember one day I was sleeping, I think, meditating, maybe. It's really all a blur once you kind of think about how much time I spent there. In the darkness, I saw you. Which gives me the impression that you were dreaming. Yeah, something like that. I mean, I was... Some otherworldly, like, figure had control of my body. Apparently, I attacked Key. No. Key's the one in the armor? Yeah. He'll survey Ron well. Seems oh, yeah. like a powerful Probably. warrior. That's all he talks about. Well, all hands on deck, I guess, when it comes to matters of this war. Mm. That's helpful. Yeah, he's done a decent job of getting more hands. But to go back to what we were discussing, when you have a strong connection with people in our society, it's a, a very rare thing to have, but communication in your dreams is possible. I think what we experienced was we were both asleep at the same time, and in a way our consciousness consciousnesses melded. I don't know. It really felt like it was you, but I, like, I was always just, I don't know, curious. Like, it's kind of a weird thing to happen. It's definitely very disorienting. Our old shamans would talk about it. It was helpful for scouting and communicating when two separate parties would, would venture out to communicate back and forth. But it can also be an interesting tool for interplanar communication, apparently. Yeah, apparently. So I do believe... Veyron's plan is the best approach to this. I knew of Aramakos in my travels. I traveled along his tunnels, or its tunnels. It sounds like it's the best way to get you to where you need to go. Yeah. I'm not super excited about it, but... It's... Whatever. 
Gotta do what you gotta do. Part of being a soldier. Indeed. And if I know him, and he kind of beck- he kind of like nods to like one of the back rooms that you had seen Veyron go in. He's back there right now, trying to figure out our next step. And I think I need to stay with him and help him figure that out. If there's a war coming, battlefields will need to be established. I tend to have a little bit of a area of expertise with that. Yeah, you definitely do. The question is, how many soldiers can we get? Well, if people like your friend there are any indication, and with the power that Veyron is beginning to accumulate again, quite a substantial army from the sound of it. And if I know him, he has a few tricks up his sleeves to really push the odds in our favor. But this is a reality now, with him acquiring two of them, including the one that we thought we had lost. It's uh, getting there. It's a process. But we're one step closer to being free of her influence. Would be nice to get some revenge on that bitch. We'll get there. He gives you like this stout pat on your whole back as he pats you. I should probably get some sleep. Yeah. Oh. He points to to thunder on you. That looks good on you. Oh, it's gonna be staying here. Like I told you when you took it the first time. That's mine now. Indeed it is. I am more than happy to give it to such a worthy warrior. You can have my old one if you want. He looks... Because you still have that on your back, right? You yeah. Carry that. And oh, he yeah. like... He grins at that. Uh, not really my style. I think I'll... Uh, See if Veyron has any connections to get me something more appropriate. I'm thinking some sort of two-handed warhammer might be more my speed now. Mm. I mean, worst comes to worst, you can just rip a tree out of the ground. Indeed. It's always kind of fun to see their faces when we do that. Alright. I'm gonna... I'm going to go get some sleep, because i got to go back to the wonderful Underdark tomorrow. Hooray! Rest well, little pebble. You too. Try and get the rest of your strength back. We're going to need it. So you all retire and conk out. Get some uh, glorious sleep. Uh, recover all of your spent resources from the horrid travel into the demon web pits. I can breathe again. <laughs> I don't have that sharp stabbing of a rib in my lungs. Hey, would you look at that? I don't have nine <laughs> hit points anymore. <laughs> hey man, you got me up to 20, but like, 
with nothing else available to me. Sitting on 20 hit points is like suicide. No, what's suicide is running across a battlefield when healing word will do. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yes, yeah, it that is. Was, uh, that was an interesting choice. Now, thematically, chef's kiss. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's fucking beautiful, but <laughs> saw my life flashing before my eyes, and it's a fucking fantasy realm. <laughs> I had to do it for the vine. I still want to see a picture of Key, like, full plate armor with spider legs just running around. <laughs> so you all uh, eventually wake up one after the other. Um, you realize that there there is, like, this, like, purple hue in the room coming from the outside. Um, you guys do have, like, very large, like, arched winds at windows. Uh, you can look out, and it it's this, like, eerily beautiful, like, deciduous forest ahead of you. L like you saw a little bit before with, like, rather strange droopy trees. Some that stretch into skyscraper heights. Um, and there, there is a sense of peace in this realm of Veyron. I mean, Nyx has probably been up for, you know couple hours more than everyone else and has probably been staring at this you know mystical purple forest for a while just you trying get to a, study it you get a huge sense of calm and like focus out of it where you're you're thinking about where where your next step is headed and 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 using the forest as kind of a balance point for you you're kind of more composed about where you need to go. Also kind of thinking back kind of thinking back on the forest outside Maribar for the time that I spent there. Mm. Kind of wishing that I could go back and that you know these goals need to be accomplished if I'm ever going to return. He's making just a kind he's, of, he's making a little house there, y'all. Just kind of giving myself one more reason to fight this fight. So you, as you guys all wake up, uh, a large figure sits in the door. He goes, you, you look over and it's Amdushis kind of like peeking his head in. And he goes, the big guy wants to talk to you. And he kind of just flumps off into the direction of the throne room. Well, I'm not lumping off anywhere, but yeah. Yep. Okay, let's go see the big guy. So, as as you all kind of get out in the hallway, uh, our three magic users can now feel that intense magical energy um, that came from that sphere seems to be emanating straight from Veyron at this point. Um, very similarly, if how he absorbed power from the first sphere he had received, it, it seems yet again he's taken another couple bumps up in like a power scale of sorts when it comes to reservoirs of magical energy. And he just kind of genuinely like smiles at each one of you and gives each person a nod 
do say hi to Gromph Ilganoth for me while you're there. They've been instrumental in keeping tabs on the army in the Evermores. Well, yeah, we can uh, we'll say hi. Well, all set, ready to go. Not as ready as I'll ever be. You guys? Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure I'll ever be ready, so I guess that's a yes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's about where me and Nex are. So it's okay. set. We go get breakfast. <laughs> the area of Aramakos also unfortunately works uh, with me as well. If you, if you need to contact me, you will need to wait until you arrive at Silvery Moon, however. Um, communication is possible via uh, conduits through Aramakos that could speak to one of my agents that could relay information back and forth. However, that could take unfortunately way longer than we'd like. But okay. I'm not too worried as you two are aware Aramakos can get things done. And with Kax, that... Cax does make a good point though. Breakfast? Even if it's on the go? Oh yes, no. I'm My apologies. And he <laughs> snaps his fingers and a couple of the shades like rush out and they've uh, essentially they've all got like two dinner plates rushing out and like there's like five or six of them that lay out um some what almost looks like bacon except it has a little bit of like a a I want to say like a, a yellowish orange hue to the fat strips you've got you've got some greenery which uh, they kind of like flay out in front of uh, uh, Nix's general area, um, and just a, a couple other random assortments of like meat cuts, and they bring out like they go back and they come back with um, another six plates and just dump it into one giant pile near you, and you see Amdush just come over and just start like wolfing food into his mouth. All right, so yeah, thermals. Thrum will start eating and then also save some to take with him. Sure. Yeah, throw just on your on your list if you're gonna keep some of it to say like one one meal worth of like a travel ration. Yeah. So after you all kind of awkwardly eat this meal, um walking over to you, Thrim, and and kind of getting on hit like one knee. Um, you get, uh, you get Bjorn. He just essentially, like, in a very, like, respectful manner, like, lifts you up a bit and then gives you, like, this gentle, like, paternal hug. I will return it. And he just, he puts you back and there's, like, that, like, awkwardness of, like, exposing emotion. He just gets back up and then he gives you, like, this, like, like, fist to the chest, like, salute to you. And I'll return the salute. So, with that, um, amazingly quickly, uh, multiple 
purple portals appear in front of everybody who's leaving, the four of you that are leaving, and you actually feel like this almost magnetic pull as you guys, your bodies like smack into these portals. And this is relatively new to uh, your normal experience with these types of portals. And then very quickly, you guys are, are thrust into, as far as you can tell, a nice, warm, partly sunny day uh, in a forest setup. Um, you guys look around. Everyone's in one piece. Uh, you realize that there's a little bit of a path here, and it's not like a, a well-trodden road or anything, but you all can tell that wagons had come down into this forest. And you all look around a little bit, and uh, Nixon Thrym, uh, you have a, a very sneaking suspicion that if you guys were to head to your southwest, uh, you would uh, be at your destination of the Redeemed Encampment. But we know this road. Yes. It, next, isn't this like where we came, like roundabout where we came out? Kinda, yeah. I mean, the forest looks familiar. Ugh. At least we didn't have to go through a gelatinous cube this time. Yeah, I'm. Uh... I don't know why. I on that map my apologies yeah it's gonna say are we back in the ocean <laughs> so on on your map you guys do recall um up north of the redeeming cabin is like the main road like it's a it's a pretty like thick road um you guys were right where it says exit it's a small little forest and that's where you guys came out and you guys did have to cross that road and go south uh yeah. A very long time ago, just just to, to refresh memories, you guys had to uh, you guys got escorted by a uh, a scout, yeah, to the southern forest or the high forest as it's called. Yeah. Once we <clears throat> nearly died to a fucking gel cube. Um. So you guys, you believe you guys are like right, like five minutes down the path from the Redeeming Cam, and you believe you are in, in the High Forest. <laughs> hey, next. Yeah. What do you think Cax is going to think of Rungle? Shit. What the fuck is a Rungle? R Rungle's a kobold. You, you, actually, you might like him. He's the quartermaster, last I knew, for the encampment. Yes. He might have been promoted by now, but basically, he's you if he was, you know, successful as a shopkeeper. <laughs> I was a very successful shopkeeper, so go fuck yourself. Did you sell little tiny rocking horses? Who wants to buy a rock horse? No, a rocking horse. <laughs> it's got these huh. little like things that it rocks back and forth on. He sold a lot of those. See, that's why you sell those instead of crack wooden bowls. I you sold had... other things too. You had the right idea. You just like needed information. Rock... 
but that's not a Does shop. Does he sell information? No, he sells things. Oh. See, I mean, things are worthless. Um, I'll have. Uh, I'm assuming you guys are walking and talking. Yeah. With this. Um, I'll have uh, all of you roll uh, perception checks as you kind of, especially Cax and Key. You guys are in a brand new forest. You don't know where you are. Um, just looking around as you guys are walking and talking. Well, ten. Uh, ha- actively looking around, I got an eleven. <laughs> oh, actively much better. <laughs> actively looking around, I got a twenty-one, and I rolled off. a single-digit number. You can fuck right off. Through what's your what's your passive again? Fourteen. Fourteen. Um, and you got a twelve, Kishigalith. Shit, he full named you. You're gonna die. <laughs> That's the end for you. Um. So as you guys are, are walking and talking, everyone but Key realizes that around you in the bushes and you even kind of glance up at the trees, there are drow um, watching you. Expertly, like, camouflaged in with the uh, mostly pine area around you. You've got a ton, though, a, uh, like an over overrun grouping on both sides of this path of large ferns. Um, so it's not very surprising that they're able to blend. Hey, Thrym. Can you, uh... I know the sun's only peeking out every once in a while, but can you, like, expose your brand? Yeah. So I'll roll up my sleeve so you can see the brand in between the, uh, Swirl carving of the tree trunk we came out of the uh, underdark through. Cool. See so you. Um, you continue down the path as you expose that. Um, no one comes out and talks to you. As far as you could tell, there's even a couple of them near the path. And as you walk by, um, they look at you, and then they look back out towards the forest. They they don't seem to be paying too much attention to you for. Oh yeah, I wasn't doing that to strike a conversation. I'm doing that to stop a fucking hijacking. <laughs> yeah, you said everyone but me noticed them. Yeah. Roll the highest on dice. Still not smart enough. <laughs> Wait, what'd you roll? I rolled a twelve, but everyone else's passive is so yeah, much they're... higher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, like, I have a, I have a plus twelve to perception. Don't feel bad. Yeah, I got I got that plus wait oh wait a minute. I I forgot I have jack of all trades now. It give me half of my proficiency bonus. Uh-uh. Um, make that uh 14. Uh 14? Uh yeah, yeah, I'd say I'd say after a little while um as you're walking, all of a sudden suddenly there's what looks like a a, a drow in a a green cloak uh crouched with a heavy crossbow and you make eye contact for a moment and then after like a half a second the drow goes back to looking uh out into the forest in our second of eye contact i'd like to say praise varen 
and all, all you get is is a nod from him as he seems to be uh, surveying the forest. I'd like to correct. I was actually looking at sleight of hand, not perception. Would have been an 18, not a 21. I have a plus 9 perception. That's on me. Okay. I apologize. Yeah, makes, no worries. Makes no difference. I, so, I was thinking about it after saying I have a plus 12. I was like, that seems way too high. Hang on. <laughs> I made a mistake somewhere. So very shortly after you guys recognize that this is pretty a pretty heavily guarded path, um, through the forest, uh, you actually see a rather large, maybe 20 foot tall stone wall, complete with like stone towers at certain intervals around it. And this path is headed towards them. And as you get closer, you realize there is a gap in between the stone wall. Um, and as you now get closer, you realize that th this is the redeemed encampment, but it has been uh, significantly fortified. Yeah. As we're walking, I'm going to slap Thrum on the thigh and be like, hey, hey, they upgraded. No more. No more log fences. Yeah, they definitely have upgraded. Uh, once we get to, like, the break in the wall, Thrym is just going to, at the top of his lungs, scream, RUNGLE! You very faintly hear from somewhere in the the center, you hear this, like, incredible, like, Thrym! <laughs> I hated that. I gotta say, that's what the worst thing that's been on this podcast. Luckily, that's that's not Rungle's voice entirely. Although, now that you said that, maybe I need an NPC that sounds exactly like that all the time. Uh... An NPC who gets to speak for, like, two lines? Yep. Before it just completely dies. Or some of us have to intervene. My god, what if that was Lacutus's voice? <laughs> I can see everything! I didn't kill the cook. <laughs> He's just sleeping. <laughs> so, uh, Hax, being at that level, you notice immediately this well-dressed, uh, I dare say clean-looking kobold is running in your general direction. Oh, fuck. Hey, it's not Rex. And running up to you guys, as you kind of get past the uh, the first grouping of houses, you realize that there's a, a central location with a massive uh, bonfire that currently isn't lit, but it looks like it's like a gathering area. There's lots of little logs and uh, stones have been brought over for seating areas. It, uh, you get the impression that whenever there's like an assembly, it's, it's right in this location. Um, and meeting you about halfway... Um, Rushing up on you is Thrym and, and Nyx is the familiar form of Rungle. Ha! 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 Holy shit! Holy fucking shit, I knew it! You know, they were telling me you were alive, but I don't fucking... I don't know, you know, they're just blowing smoke up my ass, but... Holy shit. Big guy. How you doing, little man? Oh, I'm doing fucking wonderful now. And he looks over at you, Cax. 
Oh, hey! Hey, hey, how you doing? Hi. What's up, uh... I'm Rungle. Nix, good to see ya. Hi. You still taking care of my big guy here? I'm not sure how to answer that. I didn't mean no nothing, nothing creepy by that. I'm saying, like, you kept him alive, like we talked yeah, about. You, clearly, he's standing next to you, and I promise he's not a zombie. Hey, hey are you a zombie, big guy? He's like, looking back and forth. Uh, 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 no, uh, I'm not a fucking zombie. I fucking figured, you know, you wouldn't be able to fool me anyway. Hey, come on, come on over, I'll... Let's uh let's let's chat for a bit. I'm sure you're uh you gotta talk to the uh the two stooges over there, but uh yeah, we're gonna have a little chat real quick. Uh hey! He waves at you key. How you doing? I'm gonna take a step towards him and lean over him. I am Kishigalith, head of the church of Varen. Do you have a place of worship? Uh I think a whole bunch of them use one of the lumber mills over there to hang out and, uh, you know, worship old V. I'm going to head over to the lumber mill. Sure. So you, you, you leave them to, uh, have their chat. And that's the, uh, that's the place on the, uh, the right-hand side of the map there. So while you're on your way over, uh, he sits down with you guys over near the, uh, the kind of, uh, extinguished bonfire. Holy shit. You guys look stronger. A little more, uh, muscly than I last saw you. A bit. You look a lot better dressed. Well, I'll tell you what. I don't make a lot of money up here, but... You know, that town there, Billiard, that's got some good tailors. Mm. So you have ventured out of the encampment. Uh... Yeah, yeah, every once in a while I kind of help lead the caravans over and I kind of have a little interesting bazaar over there that I kind of have to navigate and uh, deal with some douchebags, but we get the trades, as you can see, we uh, we really traded a lot, freaking an insane amount of stone for the walls. We actually got some decent houses here, people aren't sleeping in little tents and underneath the stars unless they want to, freaking weirdos. And, uh, yeah, no, we, uh, we've been kind of dealing, getting weapons, getting ready. But, uh, we have lost a few scouts as of late to, uh, those bastards in the Evermores. Some of them don't come back, which is unfortunately to be expected, as Ilgadon says, but I don't like war. War is good for the wallet, but not for the heart. Yeah, you're you're correct there. Hey, well, what the what the hell are you doing here? War. Yeah. <laughs> Should have expected. Stupid question. But anyway, why don't I uh bring you over to Groth and Ilganoth? They're gonna they're gonna want to say hi. Yeah, we gotta talk to them. Hey, Rungle, I got a quick question for you. Yeah. How do you value the trade of information? Personally, I mean, I got to back down in the Underdark. I used to have a little bit of a, a network of people at, uh, I had my guys, you know, they used to kind of, but, but up here, not, not so much anymore. 
Why do you ask? I was curious. Nah, that's kind of for the birds now. I mean, I mean, you should see the shop I have set up over there. Holy shit! Gonna have to check that out. You making more rocking horses? Ah, uh, you got me. I got a couple of them. You know, there's a whole friggin' forest over there. Actually, I just make them now. I don't, uh, I don't import those in. Turns out there's a, a town to the west called Triborn. There's a lot of kids there. Apparently, not a lot of toys. Who would have thought? That yeah, probably has something to do with their previous leader. Kind of a burgermeister. I don't, I'm not even going to pretend to know what that is, but... I don't know. Business is good. But anyway, let's let's uh, let's bring you on over. Over, huh? So, uh, Key, you uh, venture over to the uh, the lumber mill there. Yeah. And you're just seeing a, a lot of pe- a lot of drow. So, so just to give you guys a a, a proper feel for this, um, the population here is is probably like 85 percent drow, um, along with probably. Probably stone giants, a, like just a, a small handful of kobolds, and you guys could have sworn you saw a couple of like goblins kind of uh, skulking around doing like manual labor. The have my force of formerly harbor employed drow made their way here yet? Um, because they should you, be on the way. The three um, month trip, yeah, and it's been like a week. Yeah. Um, you, you look around and you don't see any familiar faces. Um, you, you, you see inside the lumber mill itself, you see a lot of like similar looking, you know, like the dock workers, how there's like almost like a look to them, just people hard at work. And they look like they're, some of them are, are kind of like using like big band saws to kind of like break things into planks. You've got some people who are, uh, kind of dealing with some of like the smaller craft items on tables. And you do see in the back of the lumber mill almost what looks like a stage setup. But there's maybe only about six people in this uh, lumber mill at this time. And as you look around there, it is a, a mostly sunny sky filled with um, dappled with clouds. You have visually seen on virtually everybody you've seen uh, a mask brand right on the neck there doesn't seem to be anybody who's wearing it in a way that would conceal it uh being where you are they don't seem to uh worry themselves with concealing this mark okay is so is there any like you know clear pasture or something up there uh not that you're seeing no currently uh, probably be, you would assume because of the time of day that it's all business in this lumber mill at this time. But it looks like this area seems to be, um, if if there was like a, a sermon or something, that this would be a place to, to do that. No yeah. official like church setup or anything like that. That'll change. I'm going to just take a look around and start, you know, thinking about how a more serious place of worship here would be built. Okay. 
Um, back to you guys, the um, the central building that I have uh, circled here. Uh, it looks like it has on the outside like a stairwell that leads up to a second floor. Um, and Rungle uh, leads you guys up to that. And he kind of gets on the side of the door and just kind of gives it a casual like rap a couple times. Yep. Yeah, no, they're here. Fucking guy. And he, he just opens the door for you and he goes, yeah, they're they're both inside there. Alright, I'll see you later, alright? Alright, take it easy, big guy. And he, like, holds out his little tiny kobold fist <laughs> for you. And Thrim will, like, hold out his pinky and bump it. <laughs> uh, you go in and I'm assuming uh, Cax, you're going in as well. How do you value the trade of information? Fuck off, Nix. <laughs> I just want You seem to think that the trades of goods is not as valuable as the trade of information. I'm just putting a little perspective in your life. Uh, you all here... Uh, actually, just... Cax and, and, and Nix, you hear this voice in your head. Well, depending on the situation, both are equally valuable. And Creepy fuck. Cax, you look over, and even though it's in your head, you kind of get a sense of where it's coming from, and off to the side of the room, kind of sitting at a table, it looks like they had two figures had just finished up a meal, one of them is a uh, very tall, skinny drow with a bald head, um, dressed in a, a magnificent-looking wizard's robe, um, is sitting, and he's facing an illithid. Um, and in in your experience, you probably have never seen so this uh, gaunt. Uh, pretty disgusting looking humanoid with like an octopus head and tentacles that drip down where like the mouth would be. And this elithid is looking right at you and, and occasionally glances at Nyx. Battles and wars are won with information, not necessarily with manpower or items. Nyx. Let's not get into this right now, Cax. I read it in a book. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> so you hear the like the screech of, of uh the drow moves his chair and gets up to properly greet you. And he 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 looks just like so happy to see the both of you. And he sees the other Oh another kobold in our miss. Is he with you? Yeah, we kind of picked him up in Neverwinter. Well, there are... He, he, he kind of slightly smiles at you, Cax. Oh, there's worse allies to have. He he reaches down and holds his hand out. He goes, Gromph. He holds it out to me. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, Cax. And I'll shake his hand. Excellent, Dodd. Uh, Where's, uh, the automaton that was with you? 
But he is, um... How do I put this? On a path of self-discovery? Interesting. Yeah, he kind of wanted to figure out why he is and uh, kind of took off. Well, I suppose to be fair, we all probably want to do that if we were under similar circumstances. It's a shame and a loss. He was uh, useful. Very useful. But anyway, I'd... about five minutes or so before you arrived, I was eating my meal and uh, Lord Veyron contacted me and said you would uh, be headed down this way. He said you guys needed to go back into the Underdark? Yeah. Yeah, we have to go back to Aramakos so we can get to our next destination. That you make be... it sound like we don't want to go there, Nix. We don't want to go there. We're, th we're going there to see the scenery. <clears throat> All the beautiful luscious trees and mountains and waterfalls. Caves, mushrooms, and dank rivers. That's what we get to see. Dank rivers. This sounds terrible. Yeah, it's not going to be the most pleasant experience you've ever had. Oh no, you'll uh, you'll die of boredom down there if you've never been down there before. Grom this sounds smiles. awful. I'm sure the Lord has explained the situation to the North. Yeah, to the best of his ability. He's got some kind of deal uh, with Lady Emeratus, but um. <clears throat> we can't just walk in not with the raiding parties out there so we're effectively going through the back door well it's unfortunately not just raiding parties we we do believe a sizable population from Menzo Berenzin is out in the Evermores somehow obscuring their numbers the scouts that we have sent back into the Underdark indicate that activity in Menzo Berenzin has reduced significantly. That has only happened a few times in history when the houses have gone to war with the surface. There is still a sizable army presence within the city, but we believe they're mostly there. So if the Lord wants to send you to Aramakos, that puts me at ease because you will be under the cover of his essence while you're down there. Yeah. I assume... I suppose I shouldn't assume, but the, the path that you all traveled up from your escape before, we, we've well documented that route, knowing you guys escaped from that. Um... That brings you into the Blackwood Grove. And then further into the Underdark. That's probably the straightest path in. We actually continue to use that path into the Underdark as one of our more uh, covert ways of reaching below without hitting some of the more obvious caves and 
random holes that will eventually lead to the Underdark. Shocks me that Menzo Perenzin hasn't found that path yet. They were close. Grim, weren't they chasing us out of the Underdark when we used that path? Yeah. Then again... I don't know how we lost them. I mean, Rain was in charge. She might be powerful, but she's never been the smartest one. Speaking yeah. of her, scouts are reporting she is still in Menzo Berenzin. Sightings of her have been seen, but no one knows what she's up to. How how big of an army did you say was in Menzo Berenzin? We estimate at least one to three thousand soldiers still remain. I guess it'll have to wait then. Yeah, I know what you're thinking, Thrym, but I don't think we have time for that right now. Yeah, but I just want to kill that cunt. I, I do too. I do too. Now, I, I know I'm going to sound like a crackpot when I say it, but ha have faith in what the Lord is having you do. In the future... Hopefully all of them will have their comeuppance with everything that's being planned. The Lord did tell me he did acquire another one of the Realmbreaker pieces. So. And we acquired one of the other Realmbreaker pieces. And he kind of nods and looks over at Ilganoth. And in your heads you just hear, Not that we're surprised. You two have been proven capable agents. Well, that's a new word for us. Mm. Most people just call us assholes. I was gonna go with soldiers, but yeah, assholes make sense. Gromph kind of thinks for a moment. Well, you know where it is, but if you'd like, you can take Rungle with you to that grove where you'll enter the Underdark. I don't think that'll be necessary. Yeah, but you can come along anyway. Mm. I got... So what, I, what is it with you and other Cobalt? Let's not get into this now, Nix. I got two shoulders, Cax. You can ride on one, he can ride on the other. I'll walk. <laughs> so not to be presumptuous, but is this... Is it just you three as your party? No, uh, we have a fourth. I think he went off to try to preach. Yeah, that's probably what he's doing. Yeah, us three and a preacher. Hmm. A... He can play a mean scythe. <laughs> so he's a capable warrior? No, he uh -oh. uses a scythe to play music. It's his and his and to fight. His scythe whistles or swishes. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's unique. It's unique. Guy can't preach a sermon, though. I'll give him that. You do hear Ilganoth breach in your heads once more. We would recommend you leave soon. The cover of day should allow you to easily get into the tunnels 
nighttime yeah. is a bit more hazardous outside this forest now. Yeah, we we understand that, but I would ask if you have any supplies, potions, specifically health potions, you might be able to provide before we delve back into hell. Board invisibility potions. Well, I know Rungle is is mostly into the commodity business of raw materials and children's toys, last I heard. However, Ilganoth and the Illithid gets up and you notice it's not like a typical walk, it's more of a hover as... Ilganoth kind of like skates across the room. Yeah, they <laughs> skates across the room over to what looks like this massive fortified chest. And with a, a flick of like a wand, the chest opens up. And he reaches down with like these like kind of like octopus limbs that he has. And, and wrapped around three of them are... Um, two large red vials and one smaller red vial. And he brings them over. And he offers them all to uh, to, to you, Nyx, because you had specifically asked. Yeah. Brim, how, do you, how are you standing on potions right now? I got... I got one healing potion, just a regular one. Alright, so I'll hand him one of the larger vials. Okay, so it's uh, there's two greater and one uh, regular. I'll hand him a greater, and I'll turn and be like, Gax, do you want a healing potion? None of those look like invisibility potions. I'm okay. I just said they were healing potions. I heard what you said. Oh, I tried an information, but I can't pay attention. Uh, Paying attention <laughs> doesn't pay the bills. So, uh... Rungle does dabble in alchemy. He might have one. We can talk to him. Sorry, I was updating my character sheet. What? I said R- Rungle dabbled in alchemy the last time I knew. He might have one. Or know how to make one. Mm-hmm. We can we can ask him, but last time we had to go to Aramakos to get the mushrooms and then go back to him, and I, we're not doing the back and forth thing this time. Oh yeah, definitely not. But I mean, he did have he did make that a uh, well turned out to actually be a cure poison potion, and he just made that fucking around. Well, we'll talk to Rungle before we leave. Bring him along to the entrance if you want. Yeah, I mean, might as well. Oh, yes, a potion of invisibility. It turns out to be a potion of fairy fire. Look, if you don't trust his stuff, don't... Cax! Yeah? You want to stay behind? You see Gromp and Ilganoth kind of like look at each other kind of awkwardly at the at this conversation. No, I'm just saying like it could have been bad if he's just fucking around making potions. I don't know. That was months ago. He's probably way better now. Yeah. And he he did get the right potion when he was just fucking around, so. Was that the potion that you were hoping cured poison? Yeah, and then I talked to 
Archmage Jurid, and he was like, yep, that's exactly what it does. Oh, right on. <laughs> Just... How long were you carrying that? A few months. Three, three or four months, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you didn't know what as... it was. That kind of got put to the bottom of the bag, and I forgot about it for a while, and then when I was fishing around for something, I was like, oh, yeah. You're a wild dude. Yeah, I'm a stone giant. Anyway. You're a wild gray dude? We should probably find Key. I'm sure he's looking to build a monastery by now. I don't know. He's <laughs> preaching yeah. to people at a lumber yard. I mean, yeah. I mean, we can go outside, and I, I bet you I can find him pretty quick. It worked for Rungle. Hang on. <laughs> let's let's give it a minute and then we'll go look for him because best I mean worst case scenario he gets fed into a saw yeah but that would ruin the saw <laughs> we've seen his armor yeah it's just gonna like all the teeth are gonna chip off before it even gets through his helmet uh, we should go save the saw yeah <laughs> Besides, we probably won't even have to really look for him. We'll just walk outside and we'll hear somebody going, And Veyron has done this for us! And we'll know exactly where he is. <laughs> I hope to God Grump and Elgonoth are still listening to this conversation. <laughs> that was meta, yeah. by the way. Yeah, you, you look over and they seem to be like conversing with each other to like detract from the fact that this whole thing is going on. Like, this is their room, and you guys came in and had this weird conversation. So they feel awkward just leaving their own, like, chambers for this. I like the idea that they're just thinking to themselves, these are the fuckers that are going to stop Lolf. Yep, these <laughs> the, the... <laughs> They've had so much success finding these weapons, and this is what they talk about? <laughs> so, uh... You guys uh, go to head out to find Key? Yep. Uh, do we hear preaching? Um. No. No. Uh, do we feel preaching in our in our souls? Hopefully. Maybe. Hold on. Let me restart this fucking awkward ass conversations <laughs> I love it alright oh as uh, they begin to leave uh, key what what is it are are, are, are you preaching the Lord Vayron nah I've I've gotten some uh, some paper together and I've been measuring and planning out how to build like a small canopy for there to be a legitimate pews leading up to that uh, stage section where they can begin setting up a legitimate church of Aaron. Okay. So they're going to find me doing like the one foot connected to another foot connected to another foot like trying to measure everything here and sure. just writing it down and like trying to do the math on a piece of paper. Alright, so yeah, you as you're doing that, uh, your group kind of comes in and sees you there uh, doing that. What you doing, Key? Math. It's awful. What do you want? 
So that's not a new, like, praise Veyron dance? <laughs> Anything can be a praise Veyron dance if you praise hard enough, my friend. I do have to ask, this entire encampment is based on believers of Veyron? Do you really think they need a church? Yes. A central place of worship is essential to making sure that all of that energy is streamlined straight to Veyron. This is a hot spot for it. If we can find a way to, you know, even if they're going once a day or once a week, you know, to just all get together and praise his glory, it would be far easier. Here, let, let, let me show you something. And Thermo go and walk up on stage. Be like, and then you see all that place around us. They have a place already. Yeah, but it's not very official now, is it? If I'm tasked in setting up the Church of Varen on the surface, we need legitimate areas, not a box and a group. On the dock, when it was just, you know, rallying the men and getting people, you know, swept up in the religious praise and fervor of our great Lord Varen, maybe that's okay. <laughs> that can work. But this, his encampment on the surface entirely devoted to him doesn't have a single well-built place of worship embarrassing we need to change that i don't know hey, this looks pretty well built nix nix can i handle this one you know what sure you're not tasked with building the church of varin on the surface you're tasked with stopping the spider bitch did i do good i think i did good <laughs> i can do two things I think you did very well, Cax. Look, I'm just saying this church works perfectly fine. Not only not is a it church, a church, it's a field. no, it's not only a church; it's also a lumber mill, which is functional. So it's a church that actually makes money without robbing people. Robbing people, I've been told, is wrong. Hmm. That's Maybe rich that's coming from you. Are we about to get canceled by Christians? <laughs> if if they could have done that, they would have done that to me a long time ago. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, well, you guys aren't concerned with it. I am going to, you know, I'm going to try to set up the church. What did you guys learn? Uh, basically, can... we have to go. Yeah. We're going to stop by Rungle's shop real quick, see if he's got anything we need, and then we're going to where we go into the Underdark. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I, I can give this stuff to Smart Cax anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. So you're just going to give it to Cax, right? No, Rungle. No, I, I love Rungle, but not the smartest dude on the planet. Yeah. Cax actually but, does have him beat. Lucky for us, the bar is pretty low. Because he's short? I was going to say, they seem about the same height, dude. Yeah. I am going to hurriedly try to do some more math and figure it out. Hey, DM, okay. real quick. Does yeah. Rungle still have his tail? Uh, Rungle still has his tail. Uh. And there's there's no like stomped rat bodies around camp or anything, right? Nope, nope. There, there. It is. It is. This camp is pretty remarkably clean. Got to make sure, just in case. 
There wasn't a hitchhiker on to the redeeming cafe. <laughs> we walk into Rungle's shop and Rex is running the counter. Oh my god, could you fucking imagine? <laughs> be like, Kevin! I burn the place. So yeah, I'd kill him myself. <laughs> and not Cat. Xander would get into the game and strangle <laughs> Rex to make it clear. Yeah. All right, yeah. so you guys, uh, you guys head over to Rungle's shop. Yeah, we'll, we'll. Yeah. All right, Rungle. Rungle has the uh, the place right over here with my little my little pink circle. He's got a like big building. It's gonna take him like two days just to get from the shop to his bedroom. Seriously, it's like this. As you guys go in, like these double doors are wide open, and. It looks like the the start of a, some sort of like emporium, where there's counters and shelving units. Thing is, most of them are all empty. But the thing is, this building looks super new to you. Um, there there's no paint on anything. It looks like this this whole place was just relatively brand new. And then you hear up above you, da 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 da, da. and then coming from further ahead, you see a. a a circular stairwell that comes down to the main floor and running over to you with a sack over his arm is uh is rungle he goes hey what do you think of the place Tonight. how long have you been in the lumber industry uh I, i'm not but the uh the fellows over there built this for me is is there a sign out front uh not yet no well make sure you spell it right yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to have somebody... I'm going to fucking uh... kill you, Trim. <laughs> going to fucking kill you. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to commission somebody for that for shit. Bit? What was that? Cax, do you want to step outside for a bit? Uh, Sure. Can you check... Or can you make sure that he doesn't have any invisibility potions? If he does, I'll pay you for him. Yeah. Uh, no, actually, I got a bunch in here, but I'm... Sadly, no invisibility potions. Damn it. But Jackson I got stuff outside. I got some shit for you. I, uh, one of the runners came over, told me uh, you guys wanted me to come with you for a little bit. Yeah, just to go back down where we, we popped out. Yeah, no, I know the uh, I know the tree. I took a took a peek out there, see if I could find anything interesting. But no, that uh. That freaking cube is still in that hallway, if you believe that shit. I mean, it is a pretty good guard. It is. They uh, they kind of patched up uh, the hole, you guys, uh, in the wall. I think that's All how right. you guys got to They patched that up, but that's still there, so that's that's your way around it. Yep. But yeah, yeah. Don't, uh, he looks over at the two. He's like, don't kill the cube, please. That uh, kind of keeps our scout safe. All right. So, you said you had some potions in here. What'd you got? Yeah, and he gently takes the sack off his shoulder and puts it down. He goes, all right. Some special shit. Kind of had uh, people at Belliard help me out with this one. And he takes out two uh, kind of like typical, like they have like a square base to it. And it kind of wraps up red. Uh, they kind of look like health potions, except they have a little bit of like a... A yellowish glow to them. Or right here. These are two elixirs of health. That shit cures almost anything. Damn. He 
pulls out another one that lays on its side, so it kind of like does a little circle on the counter. It doesn't have a, a prop point. This one right here, Berserk Potion. What does that do? Oh, that shit's pretty good. Type in my address now. It tells the party we've got some crazy shit coming up. I'm pretty sure uh, any one of you take it, you're going to like be all pissed off. Uh, pretty sure you're going to move a little bit faster. And uh, I think you uh, I think you end up doing uh, doing more damage with your hits for a little while. But you kind of know you get a little bit of tunnel vision. I kind of sampled it myself a while ago. You get a little bit of tunnel vision, so you don't quite pay attention to your surroundings for a while, though. Oh, so like me when I get pissed off. Oh yeah, hundred percent, just like that. And then this shit's amazing. And he takes out uh, two uh, similar to the the, the square shaped bottles that round up. You uh, they, but these ones are like white. And he goes, they they call these ones potions of heroism. But I mean, that's a little bit of an exaggeration based off of what they do. But it'll uh. Should be helpful in combat for you. Seems like it might be. Distribute those as you see fit. Okay. So it's two elixirs of health and two uh, potions of heroism. And one potion of berserk. I feel like we should give the potion of berserk to Cax. Give it to Cax and then we'll just have Thrymoth throw him into combat. Go <laughs> oh, get him, buddy. I'm imagining like this Looney Tunes esque, you know, brawl with the cloud and little random limbs shooting out of the cloud. <laughs> but it's like Cax's tail and his little clawed fists and an occasional arrow. <laughs> Smoke settles and it's just Cax and his own tail. <laughs> 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 All right, we uh we gotta leave soon. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, we can uh we can do that. And he puts the empty sack on the counter. Yes, for the most part, I mean, this shit this shit's the easiest job I have had. Most of it runs itself. I just kind of pay attention when the deliveries come in. I tell them where to go, and then uh I occasionally got to barter in Belliard a little bit. It's uh it's kind of a easy gig. Yeah, I've I've noticed shops up here tend to work a bit differently than down there. Oh my god, you had to fucking blood, sweat, and tears in order to do anything down there. Well, anyway. I guess we should probably head out. Yeah, uh, north, I think, right? Uh, if I remember correctly, you've seen it. Like, you've been there... A couple times. Yeah, I I've been there once, and that was a while ago. Yeah, no, I... I got no problem leading to, you guys. Yeah, a couple blows to the head since, so you know what I mean. That's it? Only a couple? He grins at you. Well, most of them have been to the body. It's hard for most of them to reach that. You got such a small head on top of that big body, you know, buddy? <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, so, uh, lesser is anything I am uh, forgetting for you guys. Uh, just to expedite things, when they step outside, they will find Cax and Nyx over at the lumberyard. 
while Nyx is trying to introduce Cax to the leader of the Lumberyard because I have a feeling he's going to want to trade some information. So this big, kind of like muscle-bound uh, drow with uh, kind of like, he's like balding on the sides, but the rest of his hair in the back like flows. It's, it's, it looks like almost like a weird little mullet that he has. He's completely bare-chested from the work he's doing. He wants... He wants to trade what? Well, Cax, didn't you uh, want to try to expedite some trade with Mirabar regarding lumber? Yeah. Uh, so, <clears throat> some in 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 my travels, I've found that uh, Mirabar has a very uh, weak supply chain for lumber despite having like plentiful lumber up towards them so if you were ever looking to expand lumber production outside of Mirabar might not be a bad place to look or expanding trades up to Mirabar might profit you some good money as well okay uh where the hell is that uh Nix do you have a map yeah, yeah, I'll pull out the map of the Sword Coast. Ooh. And I'll, I'll point out the roads leading up towards Mirabar. Okay, that's, uh... That's... Gosh, that's Based like... Based on what we've walked, it's like a week's travel. Yeah, that's a, that's a... That's a while, but... I suppose it's manageable. I mean, I'll bring it up to Gromf over there. Maybe he's I mean, got... It would probably be more um, accessible and easier to expand production up to there than to run caravans all the way up and all the way back down just for lumber. But again, that's also dividing your work in half or dividing your production in half and sending half of it out of your reach by days of travel. Oh, that's, so. that's something to consider. I mean, I'm... I'm not much of a fighter. I mean, I kind of help run these idiots over here, but, uh, you know, right now I know the climate isn't really, uh, geared towards, uh, people, uh, with our skin. That's fair. But it's consideration. I, I appreciate the, the tip on that. Yeah, definitely. If, uh, once things die down, not if they die down, but once they die down, um, it would probably make good money for you um the one thing i would say is that if you did look to um dis decide to move production up there there are cockatrices up up there that make that area unsafe for production which is why mirabar hasn't done it themselves so bear that in mind you will need people up there to defend it all right that's could be manageable Tax is doing this off of memory. He actually has his notebook out. <laughs> and you can tell he, memory he is, is not that good. He is taking it seriously. He just seems a little bit absent-minded for a drow. Um, you can definitely tell he's he's more of a laborer and, and less of a leader in that aspect. So, DM, I do have to ask you something. Yeah. This is the second surface drow we've met. 
that has a fucking southern accent. Should I start adopting a southern accent? If you really want to, yeah. Or an Australian, because you're from down under. <laughs> We've been playing this whole campaign all wrong, guys. <sighs> and what we do know is that metal automatons have a southern accent. So this drow is really just an advanced metal automaton. <laughs> The drow really aren't people at all. They're automatons. What the fuck? Um, I to say they're not people at all. They're Australians. <laughs> My God. And we lost a country. Okay. There we go. <laughs> um, oh no, uh, we lost Australia. Yeah, they're not people. Jesus Christ. Oh God. Double down. Double down when you make a mistake. So you, uh, at, at the end of that, he goes... Hey, uh, why didn't uh, Rungle ever say he had a brother? Yeah, X, X, we should go X. find the other guys. Come on, let's let's go. Thanks for your time. Yeah, stay safe out there. Yeah, you, you too. Walk away, Cax. I'm walking as fast as my legs will carry me. So as as he he goes back in to to chat with the other guy, all you do here, like right at the edge of your vision. Hey, did you guys know Rungle had a brother? I want to shoot him. No, no, you don't. I. The I war really is not do. here. The war is not here. Ah. Uh, he fell and died. Oh, there he so, is. Yeah, we'll uh. <laughs> we'll start walking back towards Rungle's shop, and I imagine Killer. we'll meet up with the three of them, like at the giant fire pit in the middle of the camp. Yeah. Well, uh, shit. He okay? He looks kind of pissed. He's he's fine. He um, was working on some business stuff and trying to I keep. I stubbed my mind. toe on a rock. No, oh, okay. Yeah, let's go with yeah, that. that. Fucking sucks. Yeah, I'm pissed off at myself for not seeing it. All right. Well, all right. Let's let's head out. Sunlight's good for uh, traveling around. Suckers begin to take the um, the kind of like wagon path to the northeast out of the forest, and it brings you back to that very familiar road that goes from uh, Belliard to the east to Tribor to the west. Um, uh, you don't follow any of this road. You just immediately cross over into a smaller... Uh, forest um, that kind of brings back a, a little bit of familiarity. Uh, the entire time, uh, Rungle is just kind of sharing um, some random anecdotes about uh, him living with the drow on the surface versus uh, avoiding them uh, for business when he used to work in the Underdark in the uh, in Menzo Berenzin in the in the little trade district. Uh, you guys eventually do get to a clearing. And in this clearing is a very massive, large... Th think of like those big redwood trees that they have out west. And it's one of those that are just kind of jutting up above all the other trees. And Rungo kind of points over and there's a root that kind of like goes out of the ground and kind of like dives back and almost looks like a serpent kind of breaching the water and going back in. And he walks over to that giant thing, and it's it's 
gotta be maybe seven feet taller than Thrym is. And he he kind of points to a location and then touches it. And it looks like this rectangular piece of like magic barrier kind of fades a little bit. And you realize this is the exit, Nixon Thrym, that you guys took out of uh, the Underdark. So Nix just kind of lets out a long sigh. <clears throat> you guys ready for this? <clears throat> About as ready as I'll ever be. Just get it over with. <clears throat> Do me a favor. Try not to get stuck in the gelatinous cube this time. I'm not gonna step in the fucking cube again. Because pulling you out fucking hurts. Yeah, imagine what it feels like to be in it. Well, uh, once again into the breach, huh, big guy? Yeah. Oh, going back to old home sweet hell. Hey, thanks for getting us here, Rungle. No problem. I wish I could help you out with more, uh, more potions, but that seemed to be all I could find in the supply closet. Ah, those would definitely be helpful. Hopefully, uh, next time I see you, I'll have that whole place up and running and be, uh, a proper store, huh? Yeah, looks like, looks really dope. Uh, so, so going into, there, it's like, uh, so behind the, like, rectangular enchantment on this, uh, essentially, like, the outside bark of this portion of the root, um, is a roughly, like, oval-shaped hole. Um, that clearly had been carved out, and it was, it's not just a weird fluke or kind of a, uh, a rushed thing. Like, this is like a proper uh, hole that goes into this tree. And it, it does get kind of tight and cramped in there, where even Thrym has to kind of duck down. Um, so what will be your marching order going into this? Well, given his last experience, Nyx does not want to go first. Because the last time he did, he got swallowed by a gelatinous cube. I'll go first. I'll also cast light on my shield so we have a little, you know, massive flashlight. Okay. Uh, Thurm will hold his pinky out to Rungle and he'll follow. So, yeah, I'll bring you down to the bottom of this and uh, then I was told to head back. Alright. Yeah, Thurm will follow. Key in. And then Nix and Cax, or Cax and Nix? Nix is probably going to be right behind Thrym, putting Cax in his place. Yep, Cax who is in the rear. <laughs> okay. Um, with with the illumination heading forward, um, the root kind of brings you guys down, maybe about 25 feet at a nice kind of relaxed grade. And you guys actually seem to be in a a perfectly etched out square hallway that goes stretches further down and you hear Rungo go, hey, pay attention right in front of you, like 10 feet. And so you kind of, key, you kind of like squint your eyes forward and you can't quite see anything, but suddenly as you kind of move your uh, light around a little bit to try to get a little bit of like depth in that spot, you do see a little bit of shimmering about seven feet in front of you. 
and it covers the whole like width and length and height of the hallway. Jeez. Yeah, so now what? Uh, I remember right, I gotta find the hole in the wall. Yeah, there's a... Uh... We just lost one of our recorder it boys. It doesn't matter, Craig's still... Or GR's still here. If I recall correctly, there's a... Yeah, panel or something that kind of pops out. Yeah, let me let me take a look. All right. So I'm gonna look at the wall. Sure. Uh, roll me that investigation. If these mouse could talk. Um, hold on. Let me. They would scream. Oh. If these walls could talk, they'd say how much you fucking suck, Greg. Just want to check something out real quick. I was referencing a Kendrick Lamar song, but oh, I just riffed off of that. I didn't, I didn't realize it was a Kendrick Lamar song. These Walls by Kendrick Lamar from the album oh. To Pimp a Butterfly. I, I listen to metal and that's it. So, uh, <laughs> are these? <laughs> is the panel I'm looking for? Is it? Wood or stone? Um, it uh, this whole hallway is wood. Okay, never mind then. Investigation. Thram does see shit with a a four. Four. Even um, though he's found it before, he can't do it this time. Rungle, he kind of just like pats your like he goes no 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 right. Right there. Freaking your eyes get shitty or something? Uh, I guess, yeah, maybe. It's like, you see, you could put like a giant little finger of yours right in that uh, little groove there. And now now that he's pointed that out, you realize that there's like a little like slight divot that you can like kind of like slide your finger into and use it to pull out. No, Cut him some that. slack. Cut him some slack, Rungle. Thrym did have his eyes altered. Oh! Well, shit. Don't want to offend. Sorry, big guy. Nah, you're fine. I just... It's been a while since I've been here. And I'll slide it forward. Like, yeah, that's how it works. So, yeah. So, it, it pushes about four and a half feet over to the side. Um... And it's, it's a very, for Thrym, it's a very tight squeeze. The rest of you comfortably uh, can crawl in. Um, and Thrym, do you just jump right in? or? Oh, yeah. Okay, so Rungle follows after. He goes, yeah, no, this will uh, bring us around it without having to, you know, chop it to bits. So Thrym, you get to the other side. It's maybe like a 15-foot little tunnel. Uh, yet again, etched into the wood. This whole thing is just carved out of the root that's been sticking out of the tree. Um, and it brings you to the other side about 15 feet away, and then another panel uh, slides out. Yeah, and I'll slide that out, and I'll walk okay. into the into the hallway. Sure. And everyone else is following his suit, I assume? Yep. Yeah. Hesitantly. Hey, last person, uh, Close the thing on the other side, please. 
I will close the thing on the other side, please. Thank you, please. So everybody gets out of the little tunnel, and uh, he kind of, Rungle kind of looks at you. He's like, "Ah, mind closing that for me?" Yeah, no, I'll close it up. I'll look back at the gelatinous cube and be like, "Hey, Nix, is that part of your cloak?" <laughs> Shh. No, no, that that would have dissolved by now. That's got to be some other poor sucker. Imagine dying to one of those things. Jesus. Why imagine? It's right there. I can imagine it. I nearly did. Are you sure that's not like... See, You see where the edge of your cloak is like cut off? Look, and then no, it's shut like, up. It... Let's walk. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. You're going to hear dick. Nick's like muttering under his breath. I knew I should have learned mending. <laughs> Just saying, um, even the design matches up. Uh, Key, are you taking the lead again yeah. with your light? Yep. Okay, so it, it is only one path, but now that you are past this hallway, uh, this carved square hallway, um, it, it actually kind of um, turns into dirt over time. It looks like the route kind of goes back up, and the rest of this tunnel is, like, packed in very hard like dirt um and it looks like it begins to kind of go down and you realize as you kind of follow it it's a corkscrewing down and it's just going round and round and eventually the after quite a bit of time maybe 30 minutes or so of going down it turns into solid rock and you guys begin to really go down and down uh the the air kind of gets a little stale as you guys begin to do this. And the only, of course, the only illumination that's giving any color is uh, Key's light on this. And eventually, about an hour or so, there seems to be another patch of soil as the tunnel, like, balances out. And you, you guys go maybe five or so more minutes further into this packed dirt hallway that's more of a circular shape rather than a cube shape as it was above and you realize it ends at a flat surface of dirt Rungle looks he goes that right there that's it uh that's an enchantment too should be able to go right through there and that'll bring you right into the grove thanks thanks for getting us here buddy yeah, yeah. no uh no problem yeah thanks Rungle said it before i wish i could help you more but you know hopefully that stuff will serve you well keep you guys alive huh what yeah. stuff oh i got he gave me some potions oh anything good for healing uh yeah. i'm afraid not but got stuff that'll kind of cure shit on you if you're feeling under the weather you know, there actually is something you could help us with, and I'm going to hand him the designs and measurements I had for the worship area. Oh, what the? What's this? Uh, a building to centralize worship of Varen. Uh, we're, I set one <laughs> up in Mirabar. We've really been trying. Uh, I don't think they're going to go for that. I'll tell you right now. Yeah, why not? 
Uh, well, unfortunately, the drow that come from the Underdark, they're uh, not really a fan of the centralized religion. It's a little uh, PTSD for their liking, if you catch my drift. They uh, kind of prefer to do it in their own time. And Aaron told me he was pleased when I set up the church in Mirabar. Well, what kind of people were there? People? Humans? Uh, humans, yeah, no, they they love that shit. They'll fucking drink that shit up all day. Drow, on the other hand, nah, they don't want nothing to do with congregating and worshipping in, in a group. It's too traumatizing for them. All right. I mean, I'll pass it along, but like I said, I just don't think it'll go anywhere. I very recommend that you do it, but... I very recommend that it's a waste of time. I stiff-arm Cax in the face? Just... Yeah, you sure can. Yeah. <laughs> Give him the old Heisman stiff-arm. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like that should be a dex check for Cax. Yeah, roll, roll, roll an attack roll, uh, unarmed. So just uh, your your strength mod, and then yeah, like uh, dexterity saving throw for you, Cax. Seventeen. Cax wasn't paying attention to him. I'll take it on the chin. All right. What is a typical unarmed strike? Like just like I think it's a, it's a D4. It's a it's stiff a... arm. I'm pushing him away. I'm not. Well, yeah. him. God damn. <clears throat> yeah, but you're hitting, you're hitting him with an armored elbow. That's not what a stiff arm is. It's yeah, no. Palm a, in your a, hand. Yeah, a stiff arm is you're shoving somebody away. Like someone's trying to tackle you and you shove them away with your hand. Okay, okay. All right, yeah, that wouldn't that would just knock you over. Then it wouldn't do any damage to you. Well, well, that's all going on. Thrym's gonna reach into the bag of holding and he's gonna fish around around the dead drow body that's in there <laughs> 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 and everything else, and he's gonna find that little red and white spotted mushroom, and he's gonna pull that out, and he's gonna hand it to Rungle. Ooh. You remember when you asked me to get you these? Sort of. Yeah, way back. When we were still in the Underdark. Well, I had an extra one, so I kept it, but... How, how, you... how in the hell did that, like, not shrivel up and shit? That's... The bag's got magical properties. Fucking weird, dude. But why don't you keep this one? Alright. See if I can make anything interesting for you out of it. Yeah. I'll be back. Cool. Maybe I'll be dragging the head of a spider bitch with me. See what we that, can make out of that. That would be epic. I look forward to that day, my friend. All right, Rungle. Then Thrimble hold out his pinky for Rungle to fist bump it. Oh, yeah. He, he just slams you hard. And then he looks back over at Unix. Hey. Keep this yeah. motherfucker safe. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I want you to stay safe too. I mean, no, you don't. Don't lie. Nah, you're you're good people. I'm one person. 
Good people. Well, nice meeting you two. I'll give him a nod and start walking out. Okay. He he begins the 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 ascent back up the corkscrew path. And you guys would have noticed just as you're walking down and because you saw it literally earlier that day the scars that Thrym has carved in his arm around the endeemed endeemed, redeemed symbol he has are the the corkscrew of this tree Uh, so up in front of you uh, you are aware that it is an enchantment so uh, key I want you to roll arcana with advantage Arcana with advantage. Let me see what my arcana is. Plus three. Sixteen. Sixteen's enough. So you put your free hand out to it, and you kind of feel for a minute, and you you open your eyes, and you can now see through uh, this dirt wall uh, that was here. And you you go ahead and you you point it out to everybody. And all of you, after seeing him touch it and point it out, can now see through uh, the enchantment on this dirt wall. And it looks like it leads into some sort of furnished room. But from this angle, and you're in the uh, the light having a hard time penetrating the enchantment, it, it's it's hard to tell what it looks like until you go in. I will stride forward. I will follow. I assume you boys are going into. Yeah. Um, key, going in there first, you realize um, it's some sort of small, like, home. And you look around, and, and suddenly the, the dirt wall you went through had been part of another root system, it seems, or another root that had been kind of dug out or crafted into like a square-ish room. And it looks like there is a window and a door that is partially ajar, but you're kind of looking around the room and everyone's coming in too and they're seeing this as well. Um, Thrym and Nyx, however, you look around the room and you see a lot of the furniture. This whole place has been turned over, like someone ransacked it. Um... There does seem to be, like, a layer of dust over everything, however. Um, but you are able to see a lot of the furniture, and there seems to be... And, Nick, you would notice this before anybody else, that there seem to be markings all over the furniture that are jagged and sharp and curvy, and they go everywhere, and you recognize it as they seem to be electrical burns on virtually every surface of the inside of this room. Shit. But they are old, and uh, dust is covering everything. There's a, there's there's what looks to be shriveled up food, broken onto the floor, a broken bowl that it was left in, um, a chair that had been shattered. Um, but it looks like this happened uh, a long time ago. Probably around the time we escaped. Mm. Fuck. You think they got out next? I don't know. I really don't know. Fuck. 
we see any bodies? Uh, in this room, uh, no. There doesn't seem to be any sort of, um, I guess, body-like. It, it, everything is essentially just furniture and... Um, battle scars. Battle scars. You, you knew the, these... A couple of the you've been in a couple of these smaller houses, like it's like one room areas essentially, and this one was mostly like kind of set up to be kind of a kitchen setup. Yeah. Um. So, so yeah, there's just like cups and and plates made out of like the same carved wood that of the the building that you're inside of. Mm. Um, as everyone's looking around and 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 kind of just examining all of this, um, you do you do see that the the window uh, never really had glass on it or anything. It was more ornamental than anything. Uh, the window that leads to the outside and the door is kind of like off one of its hinges, so it's kind of like slanted diagonally. I'm gonna walk into that room. Okay. Um, with that, you you expect to go into a separate room, per se, but as you open the door and kind of your momentum carries you, you realize that it stares down. And you kind of look down to make sure you don't trip and realize that now you're stepping on dirt. And you look up and realize that you are properly inside the Underdark. You look around, there's no walls, there's no ceiling above you besides the giant tree uh the roots that carry you but you look up and it's if you know that it was daytime when you when you went into this area but it's completely pitch black and you can't see the ceiling i'll turn around and say yeah everyone above three feet tall uh we're home if uh, if if you all are where you are at, um, this is mostly just meta for you guys because I have it and we haven't really looked at it all that much. Uh, if you go to the lore tab and go all the way up, the second picture essentially is uh, the Underdark quote unquote world map. I'm actually looking at it now. Wondering, do we want to go through the volcanic craglands? The Craglands. I'm really curious what Chedden Sod is. <laughs> Tiny little temple in the corner. And you never did tell us what the Maw was. I did not. I think, personally, we should go to Menzo Berenzin and announce that Nixon and Thrym are back. <laughs> hey here we are. I Come like get us. So that's what we're gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what we do: we go up to House Fangrel, right? We walk right in, and we're like, "Hey, oh, Thrym and Nix are back. We're taking over. Fuck you!" Bada Fuck bing, bada life. boom. Every, every, everyone leaves. We're all happy. Bing bong. Bing. It's Thrym and Nix. <laughs> See these drowing. See these drow in the front yard. Just know upstairs, I'm going hard. Bing bong. <laughs> so, uh, so you're you're on the outside, and you realize that there are there is pockets of illumination around you, um, but 
these these portions of illumination are like on the ground. And as you look at them, you realize that they give off like a good like 15 feet of dim light. And it looks like they're they used to be on like these poles on the sides of what looks like this dirt path that kind of travels through. You realize all around you there seem to actually be trees. Like actual trees from the surface uh, in the area that you're in. And that there is sources of illumination that are kind of exposing all of this like unexpected life underground. And you have actually seen those little balls of illumination and poles because Thrym pulled one out when we were on the water plane. Yep. Because he pulled one out of the ground and kept it with him the entire time. Uh, key, everyone is still inside the place as you're looking around. You do happen to see in a row, like almost as if it's a straight line, uh, four smallish skeletons uh, in a row on the ground, uh, maybe 10 feet away from where you're currently standing. I'll go up and just lightly kick one of them. Okay. Um, there, there are no clothes on them. It's just bare bones. You're, you're not quite able to decipher an age just by looking at them. So you kind of kick it and like a smallish rib cage kind of just like thump, goes over on its side. Interesting. Yeah, Thr Thrym's gonna just let out a sigh and just walk out of the the room. Okay. So you you know what to expect when you go out there. You see Key looking, and you look at where he's seeing, and you do see uh, four skeletons uh, on the sm one of them um, is on a little bit like like smaller than an average human size. And then the three of them are, like, really small. Fuck. Uh, Thrym's gonna go over to the skeletons. And beside each one, he's going to start digging a hole to bury them. Okay. And then once he's gotten the holes big enough to put them in and then put the dirt back over, he's gonna find those balls on the ground and mm -hmm. put one next to each lump where they're buried. Okay. I'm assuming at this point too, just uh, just uh, push context for the other people too. Like Nix, I'm assuming you had gone out and yeah. saw Nix saw uh, Thrym doing this. Yeah. Okay. And you do when you go over, uh, you two recognize that the the larger one looks like the bones of a dwarf, uh, and the other three are bones of gnomes. Trying so hard to remember who these people were. Uh, two fucking years ago for us, man. <laughs> uh, the 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 dwarf would be the Durgar, basically druid, I believe, that we first met when we came in. Yeah, That's wasn't right. he the caretaker of this forest? Yep. Uh, he was one of them, yes. And yeah. then the gnomes were like the people that lived in this little place, and they were the ones that got us into the tree trunk to get us out. That was, uh, the dwarf was Greneal Oakenleaf. And you did recall one of the, um, 
gnomes to have been uh, called Feldor Stone Gear. I love name generators. Feldor. Well, we clearly can't stay here, guys. Uh, Kex, what are you doing while this is happening? I'm just taking a moment to, like, look around and, like, try to estimate how far the ceiling is. Okay. Um, Key, you're just, you're kind of doing the same thing? You're just kind of looking around? Yeah. Yeah, All no, right. I haven't explored much of the Outer Dark when I was down here, so I'm sort of soaking in the sights. Sure. Um, you you know that there's a path that kind of leads out from this, like, there's like a grouping, and it looks like there's a couple other, um, like, root houses, I suppose, because you have trees around you, but, like, that house you came out of was part of the root of that giant tree that was on the surface. Um, but there are also other roots that come down, and there just seems to be, like, it, it's like maybe four, like, built-in little houses, and you assume that the skeletons belong to the people who, who lived here. Um, and then a path that leads out somewhere. Um, and as you're looking around, uh, Thrym is kind of doing a service for that, with Nyx kind of overseeing. Uh, Cax is just kind of looking straight up and just kind of doing Cax things. Um, you, however, at the range of your dark vision. Uh, see like a four foot tall humanoid right at the edge of your dark vision. Like it's almost like a silhouette of uh, some smallish humanoid that seems to be right at the edge of your vision. Oh, me or Cax, we have the same vision. Um, he, I'm sorry. Hmm. Well, I'm going to see it. I'm going to draw my scythe, I'm going to look at them and say, approach us. Uh, no response. I'll start walking towards it then. Okay. So you get just a little bit farther and you do make out the detail now about a four foot tall smaller humanoid. Um, the shape is almost like like almost like an orc. Like It has like a, a mass to it, like muscles and everything. But you realize it's more smooth and grooved. Realize that it's completely white. No clothing. And right where, like, its head would be and the face would be, there are no facial features at all. And there seems to be, like, almost, like, think of, like, a, a weird, like, conical helmet. That seems to be on the head. At this distance, you can't quite get in detail on that. And it's just standing there. Have I noticed this or... Uh, with him saying that, yes. And your your visions... Because, uh, Key, what's your... My passive your, perception. Yeah, your, your dark vision. I do have dark vision. My passive dark... perception is 11. Yeah, your dark vision is 60, right? Or is it 120? If he's got standard dark vision, it's 60. It's 60, yeah. I have standard. Okay, yep. So, so yeah, Nyx can see further than you. Um, Nyx, you immediately recognize, recognize it, it yeah. as a, a Mykonid. Yeah. Key, it's it's not going to talk to you. 
It's a servant of Aramakos. Yeah, what the hell does that mean? It's a sentient mushroom. It doesn't have words. I'm talking to a mushroom. Yes. Well, do we just, like, is it fine here? What do we do? Well, we may be able to ask it to guide us to Aramakos. Maybe it knows a nice little, you know, back path that won't have us run into the drow. Don't want to end up like the residents of this house. I'll turn to the mushroom. Can you take us to Aramakos? I'll say it in undercommon. No response. Yeah, it's a fucking dumb mushroom. From your range, Nix, you actually see in its hand, in like it has like three like appendages at the end of its arm, it seems to be holding some sort of like ball. And you could swear in, in from your distance away from it, a little bit of like a mist that's surrounding. I will approach the mushroom man. And it lifts its arm out and then holds out the ball towards you. And you immediately get like a whiff of the mist that it's kind of like kind of spreading out and you feel like your nasal passages begin to tingle and you hear in your head follow. Come on guys, we have a guide. I imagine Thrym's pretty much finished up at this point. Yeah. Alright. So he'll, he'll stand up and like do the soldier salute with the hand of the chest over the graves and then follow. Yeah, because the ceiling is really tall. Come on. Okay. And Cax is gonna deploy Whisper and proceed. Okay. Uh, you guys see um, it holds out the orb for um, you, Key. And you're not I'll, entirely sure what it's for. I'll kind of do the same thing I saw Nyx do with it, so I'll give it a sniff. Alright. So the same, you you breathe in these spores and your your nasal passages get very like tingly, like borderline numb. And you feel like the presence of that mist like inside of like your skull, essentially. And that doesn't go away. Does Key start brouting glowy blue mushrooms? He does not. Oh. Then Cax and Thrym, are you doing the same? Yeah. Okay. Thrym, for you, this is pretty familiar. You guys originally had breathed in these spores. We've done this before. Mm -hmm. Yep. Cax, you gonna sniff a mushroom? You gonna sniff the mushrooms? Nope, I'm okay. So you don't? Is anyone else sniffing the mushrooms? Everyone else has. Like... Just now? Yeah. Yeah. Come on, all the cool kids are doing it. <laughs> peer pressure, Axel peer pressure, peer pressure. Sniff a mushroom. <laughs> okay. X, if you want to communicate with the Ramakos, you have to inhale the spores. Can I not communicate telepathically? 
not with the Ramakos. Then how is it communicating with me? It's god magic. Demi-god <laughs> magic. This is Look, it's the only weird. way... It's the only way the little mushroom men are going to trust you. Otherwise, they'll try to kill you. Oh no, mushroom trying to kill me. I guess I'll smell the mushroom. Cool. So, same effect that happened to the rest of them happens with you. Mm -hmm. um, and then as that happens, the arm goes back down. And that at a pretty moderate pace, the, the myconid begins to walk down that path. And, and Nixon Thrym, you know that this will lead to a river that will stretch to the north, but it flows south. Um, as you walk that way, you do walk by a very familiar home that you know belonged to the uh, Dorgar. Um, the same, the, the door, this door, it looks like it's just completely ripped off its hinges. It's lying on the ground. And just kind of peeking inside, it's the same. It looks like it's scorched by lightning on the inside. You do, um, as you walk a little bit further, there seems to be a pile of something on the left-hand side of this path. Um, and with a little bit of memory, Nixon through him, you realize that this pile is of random uh, carapace parts of some sort of insectoid of a uh, uh, green hue. Didn't just have to kill him. They had to kill his animals too. Oh no, you recognize this as the uh, the old kill. No, you didn't. No, we didn't. Nope. Nope. We didn't. This this druid gave you the quest to go kill them. That's yeah. He's, he's right. Oh, so Thrym's still actually wearing something that looks exactly like this. Yep. I could have sworn. Were we no, you guys to got to the group. No, you guys got to the uh, the wood here. Yep. You guys got to the Blackwood, and then that druid gave you the quest to go kill the mantises in their hive. I thought that was a surface thing. <laughs> Like you said, that was like a thousand years ago. It was two years ago. <laughs> um, continuing down, um, the the Mycodid doesn't stop at all. And then soon you begin to hear like rushing water. And of course, this is all in pitch black right outside of your dark visions. All you see is this bubble all around you of essentially nothingness followed by the occasional, like, bush and tree, which um, is a strange thing to be below ground. Um, there do seem to be uh, scattered lights and motes of lights that are kind of floating around at differing um, altitudes around here. Um, and you, you two recall that they had said that the, the illumination from these things give the plants down here enough nourishment to keep them growing and that this was uh, uh, an industry for the drow to kind of take advantage of um, let's see so you guys uh, see that the Mykonid now begins to walk north on the pass uh, on the path and in you're getting the impression that based off of the distance you've traveled 
this is where you believe you surfaced out of the water uh, from your escape from uh, rain all those many moons ago. Yeah. Um, hey, next. Yeah. Don't you, you fucking say it. You know you want to see him. Throw it in there. <laughs> Do it. I'll push you in this fucking river. <laughs> I would love to see you try. So next is going to cast lightning bolt at fifth level. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it doesn't stray from this path. It seems to be on like the most straight, weird fucking path, considering this like lumpy form of fungus is like just traveling down. Um, surprisingly, however, it begins to walk a little bit to like, if, if this path is like going north, it begins to walk a little bit northwest, however. Um, and it looks like you... The, the, the forest itself is receding back into that area, and this area tends to have more of, like, weird rocky outcroppings, and you guys are now starting to see the random kind of growing fungus uh, very common in the Underdark that just kind of is scattered as if they were the ferns of uh, down below. Uh, do I see any that would be useful for making poisons? Uh, roll a nature check. While he's Ooh. doing that. Hey, Key, you feel more at home now? Yeah. I'm Dark is covered in mushrooms. Dirty 20. Dirty 20. You look around and, and you recognize every single one of these as being like food mushrooms. Uh, you're not seeing any that you that you would know that would have a poisonous effect. Um, that the these are these are like the basic ingredients that a lot of like basic gruels and soups that are kind of made in uh, in Menzo Berenzin, and that you that you recall with especially with that nature check that those type of mushrooms are kind of cultivated in farm settings as to be able to control the. Um, distribution of the poisons. No, I'll grab a, a few of them anyway. Sure. So he found a grove of portobello mushrooms. Essentially, yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, eventually, the, the the kind of grove of the mushrooms that you found uh, lead into um, a strange circle that has none, no mushrooms at all. And the the myconid stops right on the edge of that circle, and then waits for you all to kind of like gather around it. Um, it begins to release from its body, like almost a green mist that puffs suddenly out, and then settles on the bare ground. And it's mostly like rocky bits of soil. It's it's nothing special. Um, then you all begin to feel a little bit of a shake underneath you as the ground itself kind of sinks a little bit and it exposes like a downward cave in the middle of this grove of mushrooms. And it, then it begins to just kind of saunter into the cave that probably as it goes down is maybe only just a little bit uh, like eight and a half feet tall at its height. They threw him. Yeah. Remember the last time we were in caves like this? 
we had to run from a lodestone marauder. Yep. Then a few weeks later, we up and killed one and its child. <laughs> yep. I still got the skin. Yeah. And a couple of the uh, little like, myth like magnetic horn things that the mom had. Is there anything you don't keep? <laughs> are we gonna stop every three minutes for you guys to reminisce or are we gonna kill a spider bitch we haven't stopped walking what are you doing waiting for you guys you wanna take oh, the lead man, slow down stop and smell the mushrooms <laughs> you smell, your fucking smell, the, mushrooms. smell the portobellos just cause you wanted to be home to go suck off some spider queen doesn't mean that everyone wants to be trapped under a ceiling that they can't see. It's wild, though. Is that what you think we're doing? We're, we're here to kill Loth, not suck her off, man. <laughs> oh, Nyx is gonna walk into the newly found cave. Cool. Yeah. So, I'll, walk, I'll walk that, in after. That fucking mental image. Thank you. So... Uh, you all um, travel into this, and then it stops uh, a couple feet in as you guys kind of walk ahead of it. And it does the same kind of ritual, and the ground seems to kind of rise back up and then conceal uh, the cave you're in. Um, you still have that light up, Key? Yeah. Okay, as you, you, you go down a little bit in this tunnel, it seems to kind of curve uh, now to the right um, and you can't see where it goes past your dark vision and, and light. However, you do notice that the, the air in this tunnel is a little bit on the humid side as you're the front person. Um, Nix and Thrym, this is, for good or for bad, kind of feels like home. Like, you're used to these dank, humid, like, cavern moving into caves and swirling patterns of, of randomness that could be the underdark sometimes. Um, so you almost kind of dip back into like your like, I guess, underdark instincts and kind of while you're doing this, kind of cut the chatter to try to listen for threats and kind of pay attention to your surroundings. You do um, walk a little bit further and Key, you, you don't quite pay attention to it first, but you feel the air get a little heavier. And all of a sudden, your legs feel a little bit lighter walking in your plate armor. And the same thing with you, Cax, where you're, 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 you don't feel as if you're using as much energy to walk as you're breathing in this air. And you, and you realize up ahead... There seems to be almost like a, a carpet on the floor. And it extends to the walls and then goes into the ceiling. And an area up ahead of you seems to be entirely made out of this gray, fuzzy carpet. This feels like moss or mold. That's disgusting. You should feel right at home, Key. Yeah, I, I do have to thank him, but it's still grody, you know? But I'm gonna step a little forward onto the carpet. Okay. 
and even more, like you feel like you're you're walking on like springs. Uh, you realize as you walk forward, you seem to actually be walking quicker than you would normally do. Um, so all of a sudden, you guys see Key kind of walk on top of this and then begin to like outpace you right as you get on, and then you realize suddenly you feel like a shift, and your body seems to be moving quicker upon this gray, hairy, moldy carpet. Uh, the, the myconid as well kind of picks up the pace. Um, and you guys travel in just a straight arrow line down this long, cramped, circular hallway. You guys get to a comments, point... comments, Cax? Cax ignores you. Uh, you guys go for what seems like hours and hours and hours. Eventually, you, you get to a point in this tunnel that you decide to straight up uh, lay down and, and rest. And the Mykonid just stops there and doesn't sit down or move. It just it's kind of ahead of you guys in the same hallway. Um, and you guys essentially decide to to uh, rest for a, a typical long rest and you wake up feeling pretty refreshed and you continue your trek. And for at least another eight hours, you guys just travel. And the same dark gray mass all around you. Nothing changes besides a constant, like, moan of, like, wind that just kind of travels down this one long hallway. Um, so we found the fungal subway. Essentially, yes. If I rip this out and then put it on the bottom of my shoes, do I get to keep the speed boost? Uh, probably not. Damn it. <laughs> I like where your head's at, though. <laughs> um, so th this goes on. You guys, at one point during the next day, decide to, to rest for a couple hours and then make more progress. And you eventually uh, begin to feel a shift in the air again, where this is a little cooler down towards the middle of this hallway it was very dank and, and like borderline too humid for you um, now it's feeling better um, and it looks like the, the, the cave itself is kind of like stretching out to the sides a little bit um, suddenly uh, I'm assuming Key you've been like renewing your light spell as you go yeah, yeah um, you at the front uh, see that there seems to be an illumination up ahead of you of what looks to be pulsating pink and purple fades into pink, a little bit of purple and then bright and then dim. And it seems to be strobing very slowly and up ahead. All of you see that this chamber opens up into a vast glowing cavern with the same carpet, except in multiple spots, there seem to be glowing like growths upon it. You see small mushrooms scattering in every random direction, followed by in the center of this mass growing up from the bottom, 
is this giant sphere of pink and purple, like, oscillating energy that's swirling on the inside of what looks like one of those mushrooms that are just, like, a cap like that, rather than, like, a typical, like, mushroom that has, like, the, the extended little, like, roof on it. Um, Thrym's gonna run up and attack it with thunder. Jesus. <laughs> um... <laughs> as you guys are, are now coming into this cavern, you realize that the Myconid kind of wandered off to the right, and there seem to be other Myconids hanging out, and it seems to kind of congregate with them. And standing in front of this giant mass in front of you, in the middle of this titanic cavern that stretches what seemingly looks like forever out there, is a little gnome who's standing there, and his hands are in his pockets. He's wearing a cloth vest with, like, orange hues on it. And his hands are in his trousers, which are a bright green. And he's not wearing any shoes. He, this, this gnome in particular has, also has no hair on his head at all. And you just hear this little squeaky voice. Well, well, well. Back again. I remember this character, but I can't for the life of me remember his fucking name. Uh, you recall his name to be Cogsprocket. Oh, God, that's right. Yep. I hated that name. Hello, Cogsprocket. Yes, we're back again. Nice, uh... Big old moldy here. Said you'd be coming. Yeah. Yeah, we're trying to get up to Silvery Moon, and this seemed to be the best way. Yep. He'll be able to help you. And he, like, suddenly, as he's talking to you, his eyes kind of glaze over for a moment. And then he comes back. Uh, Aramakos wants to know if uh, you guys are feeling okay. What do you he mean? looks over at the new new people in particular. How you guys doing? Fine, for the most part. Alright, you don't... Little... You don't feel like vomiting or ripping your hair out of your heads or anything? Not yet. Depends on how this conversation goes, really. He smiles at that. What about you? I kind of agree with him, to be honest with you. Oh. Seeing as you're a gnome and all. Well, you know. Kind of can't help how I popped out of my mom, you know? <laughs> anyway, he wanted me to ask, or they wanted me to ask because, uh... Sometimes we from the surface tend to have a really bad reaction to the spores and, uh... You know nausea and even a little bit of temporary insanity tends to be kind of common, unfortunately. Oh, well, I'm the only one that's from the surface here, so... I seem to feel fine. Alright, well... Name's Cogsprocket. I'm, uh, I'm the voice of Aramakos. Yeah, I, I caught that. So anyway, and he, like, looks away. You're headed to, uh, Silvery Moon? Yeah. Nah. 
Aramakos has a good relationship with uh, the lady there, so uh, we'll be able to get you right in. Unfortunately, it's going to be a couple more days trip uh, headed northwest. Alright. Going to be... Uh... I mean, you're not gonna really going to see it. We're going to essentially do one, one more of these uh, long-ass paths that are boring as hell, but pretty much uh, it'll be right underneath the northern forest. Which is uh, the northern territory of Aramakos. Yeah. Hey, as long as it gets us there quickly, that's what matters. Yep. I'm sure you felt the boost underneath your feet. Kind of yeah. a, a yeah. bonus to using these tunnels. So, like I said, it's boring as hell. But yeah, it gets you where you need to go. Yeah, boring or not. Little Cobalt's pretty entertaining, so that'll be fine. The eyes glaze over again, uh, suddenly. And it, then it drops again after, like, ten seconds. Yeah. Aramako said most of the forces uh, of the drow uh, have pretty much left the Underdark entirely. Menzo Berezin has a small army, but uh, everyone else is up there. Like, some of the biggest happening, but... They it's still, only really... Are huh? they still trying to uh, mitigate its growth using those sun orbs? Yeah, pretty much. They uh, they're they're scared shitless of this thing, but What's they up? haven't tried to encroach on the territory. I think they're they're worried about those guys over there. And you recall the uh, after a bout with them that the Mykonids are, are are pretty pretty intense when they have to go on the offensive. Yeah. No, I was just thinking it would be really unfortunate if they managed to get a sun orb right here at what appears to be Aramakos' core. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, he's everywhere, but this is essentially where uh, all the dampening comes from. Comes from this portion right here. Yeah. So going, not worrying about scrying spells, things like that, it's all because of this. Nope, Aramakos is eager to get its part of the bargain, depending on uh, how this goes, to uh, essentially consume that god-awful city when this is over. Can't say I'm opposed to that. So he uh, he just ushers you guys along, and he you guys begin to take the trek across this cavern. Um, and you guys feel like almost like soothed by the mists as these like spore mists are kind of traveling and wafting around the chamber you feel it like touch your skin and uh key especially you feel um a very similar feeling to when you were underground and realized that this is, was the source of what kept you alive uh in your grave was the influence from Aramakos to walk a little slower when we get to that area and just kind of breathe it in sort of reminiscing and thinking back about it sure sort of sort of a lost in thought you know be wandering and then to catch up with the group again so during your your travel across this chasm he uh he he lets you know that he's been helping to relay messages uh into silver into silvery moon 
uh, from redeemed agents who have been traveling down here and using the same kind of underground travel network to get around. Um, and and towards the end of that, he he assures you that still this place is still uh, undiscovered and they're they're unaware of the ability for this to to kind of go on. And then toward, towards the end, he, he points and finally he lets you know that the path ahead of you goes into another one of those tight little tunnels. Um, and that will lead straight to Silvery Moon. Um, his eyes glaze over once again and come back. Now he, uh, Aramico says uh, he's impressed from the first time you two came into the, the cave system. You guys are significantly more powerful than you were from before. Yeah, we've we've managed some improvements. Definitely a lot stronger, a little bit wiser. I mean, <clears throat> basically having to fight for our lives every day will do that. Yeah. Yeah, you ain't kidding. Hell of a lot more scars to show for it too, from what I see. Yep. Alright, well. I gotta get back to it. Gotta stay here. Smell the spores and ah, be bored as fuck. Nothing's changed. Yeah, don't let those mushrooms rot your mind. Nah, I'm pretty sure it's halfway there, but I don't know. I'm doing my part, right? Yeah. But anyway, sad to say about two days of travel down this hall. Alright. Do what we have to. Alright. Take it easy. And he just kind of cheerfully waves and then begins to head back to the core. Does Cax flip him off as we leave? Nope. Two days down a hallway? Damn. Instead, Cax was... is going to fire two arrows of the forge. Action surge and fire two more arrows of the forge. No, he's not. No. <laughs> no, he's absolutely not doing that. Have, oh. have you ever seen angry Mykonids before? Nick's could have done something truly evil. Have you ever yeah. seen a have you ever seen a gnome skewered to a to a uh, mushroom wall before? <laughs> oh boy, you're about to. <laughs> I think our DM has forgotten that Nyx is still carrying one of those sun orbs. Yep. And has access to very high-level spells. And according to its original description, the light that it gives off is dependent on the power of the spell placed into it. I don't know that. Yeah, the first time I used it, you were like... Yeah, I, I, I tried firing a, a firebolt into it you know, basic cantrip, and you're like, oh yeah, it glows and does pretty good, and it forces back some of the mushrooms and fries some of them dead, and it's really bright. And then at one point I cast like a first level spell into it, and you described it as being stronger. So I'm just wondering what would happen if I shoved the fifth level spell into this thing standing next to Aramakos' core. You'd melt that poor baby. I'd kill a right. demigod. Just do it now and then bowl it down the hallway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta fly. Have fun with this. Later, nerds. Alright, or
is my thing. All right. Um, Usually in your pants. So, so yes. I hope you guys know when we get to Silvery Moon, the first place I'm going is a bathhouse. That's fair. I mean, two days walking down this hallway? This place really is boring as hell. Two more days. Ugh. We've already been doing this for two days. Has it been days? I can't really tell, because there's no fucking sun. Yeah, it's hard to tell down here, isn't it? And I have to show up in Silvery Moon and go, Do you know what day it is? Hey, at least we're not asking. It's a normal question. I don't even know what year it is. Alright, so you guys... Whoops, uh... Are traveling down the most boring hallway in existence? Apparently. <laughs> so for two agonizingly boring-ass days, you guys are traveling pretty swiftly. Like, way faster and way longer than if you were just to be traveling elsewhere. Uh, but also perpetually aided by some sort of enchantment uh, bestowed upon you while traveling down this tunnel. Um, and, and and just as you're ready to gouge your own eyes out uh, with boredom, um, the, the tunnel itself gives way to another very similar like corkscrew spiral uh, that goes up. And after about 20 minutes the the carpet that surrounds everything just very unceremoniously ends into like just pure like carved out stone that well, seems I imagine as we're traveling on the, the 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 fungal carpet we're moving really really fast mm -hmm. if the carpet ends abruptly do we all just like <laughs> collapse on each other as no, we suddenly stop when I'm assuming when you guys are going up the corkscrew, you guys are going up more carefully than just straight ahead, chugging away. No, I want to yes. catapult. <laughs> I mean, it's like to. We can't be satisfied. It's, oh, everything we've done for the past few years is a death trap. Or, oh my god, <laughs> this tunnel's too boring. <laughs> it's not a death trap. Literally, like, polar opposites of that. Um, I imagine it's like those moving sidewalks at the airport. We see the end coming up and we're like, all right, get ready and step off. <laughs> <laughs> no, God, um, don't make me do a dex check. You guys, you guys keep going up this uh, rocky corkscrew. Um, and then suddenly the, the rock itself turns into what looks like carved stone. Um, and, and nothing like too fancy, but it looks like it just smoothens out. Um, as you go, as you guys continue to travel up, you all feel your ears kind of pop a little bit. Um, and then suddenly, roughly as you realize that that happened, the air you begin to breathe in, and you feel a wind kind of come from above, and it's like fresh, fresh air. Oh, thank God. So you uh, still in that marching order still with uh, Key in the front? Sure. Um, suddenly you, you get to a point where it opens up and there seems to be a small ladder that climbs up just a couple feet um, key and as you climb up this ladder you realize that you are in some sort of closed in greenhouse 
You look around and there are tables full of pots and planters filled with a whole rainbow assortment of colors in the flowers and also beautifully colored plants as well. It's all a lie. Key opens a manhole, pops his head up, and is decapitated by a passing car. Oh! <laughs> uh, you all climb out of the ladder and, and see the same. Uh, there does seem to be like a sliding door, however, to this, and you realize that the sunlight coming through, it's probably about midday, uh, judging by like the intensity of the sun outside of this greenhouse. Um, the, the glass that it's made out of is... is uh, it's blurry, so you can't quite see what's beyond it. Um, Key, are you still leading the charge outside of this building as well? Uh, is there anybody else in here? There is no one. It's it's <laughs> uh, on the smaller side, like Thrum. You have to kind of uh, duck down to not like smack your head up against the glass above you. Well, we did it once, and we'll do it again. Is there anything in here I can make poisons out of? Uh you actually don't recognize any of these plants. These are pretty uh, foreign to you. Alright, I'll just grab, like, random leaves and stuff, like, flowers off of random ones. Sure. Our first um, steps into a new city, and you're already vandalizing it. Cool. <laughs> We're off to a great start. Hey, I checked uh, to see if there was anybody around first. <laughs> Well, that's why he wanted to know if somebody was around. Not, not to have a conversation. No. Nope. Um, uh, Key, you uh, open the sliding door. And you take a couple steps out and everybody else does the same. You all realize you are on top of a massively tall building. Overlooking a vast, sprawling city. Uh, you can tell, especially based off of a couple of the buildings in Long Saddle, that this is all like very current elven architecture. Lots of tall spires and domed structures, followed by very slender looking houses with a kind of pointed tip roofs. Um, you kind of go a little bit closer to like a uh, a railinged edge. Um, it looks like you are hundreds of feet above this city. You guys look around you and realize you're at the top of this massive spire. Uh, looking down, you realize that the streets are bustling with activity below, um, but of course they all look like ants as they're traveling along. A lot of different carts. You see almost like a, a squadron of troops kind of walking in like a, a rectangle formation on the side of one of the roads as well. Um... Looking around, you also realize that there are bits of forest that are dotted all around the buildings as well, kind of really accentuating how this city seems to be more in tune with nature than a lot of the other cities you've been to. Um, and the final odd thing to you is that the sun is right above you, and it's shining down a yellow light but the sky is orange. And you look beyond and you look at the horizon and realize the orange like also extends to your horizon. Well, you see a hill way in the distance, but it's tinged with an orange color. 
Thrym's gonna spit off the side. Okay. And watch it fall. Alright. So, uh, you just kind of see it dis disappear. And as far as you can tell, you can't see any different movement with the people below. It's just a, a little too far. I couldn't hear anybody scream or anything. No. <laughs> Damn Ew. it. Because Thr Thrym can hawk a pretty big loogie. Yeah. Oh. Oh, do I recognize this orange tinge as fire? As in, uh, did we come up to the surface in the middle of a war, or do I feel like this is the barrier that... So you're kind of, like, has. really focusing on Oh, the... God, yeah. I'm All right. uh, wondering why the fuck the sky is wrong. You're kind of... Your head's up in the air. Uh, Cax and Key, what are you guys doing while this is happening? So Thrym is trying to terrorize the people below. <laughs> I see the Evermores from our tall building. Uh... Not particularly. You you don't have orientation of where you are quite yet, uh, so you kind of look around you and kind of scan the her like orange horizon. Um, so you you're looking at that, and then Cax. I'm scouting. I'm scouting the city from this rooftop. Okay, so you're kind I of over know. near Thrym. Yeah, I want to okay. see anything that I can possibly see and get any information that I possibly can. Unbeknownst to all of you, except for Key, who's kind of been spinning around a little bit, a, a female figure, Key, begins to walk up uh, from what looked like a bench that this person was previously sitting at. And Thrym, uh, Nyx, and uh, Cax, you're shocked to hear this voice just appear behind you. I'm not um, surprised. A very, yeah. You're not surprised, but you didn't hear it. Uh, as You didn't hear any movement near you, I should say. Um, you hear this smooth feminine voice go, in case you're wondering, the orange is the shield above our city. And you three turn around. Key is already looking. You see... Uh... Moderately beautiful... Female elf. Has Thrym seen this person before? Uh, yes. Uh, okay. you... Yeah, you recognize this as the same figure that Veyron was speaking to. Um... Silver hair that drapes just down to her shoulders. Uh, a white gown adored, adorned with stars and what looks like constellations with the stars themselves in like a gold. Um, she is wielding a beautifully carved wooden staff um, with a like eagle that's like etched into the top of her, carved out of a piece of wood. And she she kind of smiles warmly. She goes, welcome to Silvery Moon, gentlemen. And she kind of beckons to uh, a set of benches. Um, one of them will be just for Thrym. Lady Emiratus, I take it. Your take is correct. Nyx, is it? Yeah, that would be me. 
Faerun told me... Oh, sorry. Faerun told me you'd be on your way. I didn't expect you so swiftly. Although it's... Good tidings. That you're here. I doubt the swiftly part. Felt like we were in the Underdark for a while. But... Why do you say it's good tidings? Last night... Our shields were tested. Between massive fire spells, them throwing lightning bolts at it, as well as, I believe, catapults? We weren't able to get a precise bead on what they were. Something was hitting our shields. All of it holding. My people are getting nervous. How far up are the shields from where we're at? Uh, you you would probably guess that as far down, so you, as far down as the, the ground level is to you, up above would be the same height. You seem to be, as you guys are looking around and kind of absorbing all of this, your building seems to be right dead center in the middle of the city. Well, that doesn't give me a number. <laughs> It's like, how far off the ground are we? So, like two, three hundred feet. You guys are so another two hundred and thirty feet above you. You would assume because now that you are aware of the dome being there, you can kind of see it's like concave shape, uh, essentially similar to the uh, the city of Brass Dome. I'm gonna take an arrow and fire it up into the up into the shield. Okay. And what's uh what's the range on Whisper? Three twenty. Three twenty. So you I had to check eighty three twenty. Eighty three twenty. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, you go ahead and um, fuck that up. Uh, you fling that up there, and then you just see it shoot up, and then very faintly you see like a ripple of energy, and then after. A couple more Lugie seconds. Was bad. How about an errant arrow falling down into the crowds? <laughs> well, it I shot it straight up, so it's coming back at me. <laughs> I don't know, man. Concave shielding, it's gotta deflect some direction. Uh and as you watch, it's like another ten feet off to your side. It kinda like has a little bit of an angle as it you pops back down. Lucky man. Right. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a good shot. I know how curves work. Is it gonna hit the building, like where where whereabouts we are, or is it gonna go off to the side? Oh no! It hit the ground right near Cax. As it falls down, I want to try and catch it. Okay, go for it. Uh... Why? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking throw right, roll. Uh, roll d twenty and add your dexterity. Okay. Multi-class into monk. <laughs> Sixteen. Sixteen. So you end up catching like the back of the arrow as it like flies down. You grab it, but it seems to mostly go through, and you catch it barely by like the feathers in the back. No, I'll hand it back to Cax. Be like, you lost this. Inspecting the arrow, the fletchings are all fucked. The fletchings are fucked, and you realize there's no longer a very sharp tip to it. It it 
Whatever it hit blunted the living shit out of it. I'm going to hand the arrow to Nyx and go, I, th I think those shields are pretty strong. Yeah, against a single arrow and apparently a bombardment. I'm sure the shields are fine. I don't think you quite understand. And I'm going to show him the tip of the arrow and go, firing it in into stone doesn't do this. Like, I, I apologize, I don't know how much you know about arrows, but firing this into a mountain wouldn't blunt it like this. No, it I would chip it, about, maybe. I don't know much about arrows, but I know plenty about magic. This is insane. I'm going to turn back to the lady. She, As you look at her, she's just she sitting on the bench with her... Uh, staff across as she just just sitting there cross like it, very amused by the the happenings with you guys. My lady, please forgive the small one. He um, likes to experiment. Apparently, it's good to know your surroundings. I suppose. Yes, as long as he hasn't offended you. No, not at all. In fact, we could all use for a little bit of uh, levity as we are concerned with what's going on. However, that's not why you're here. No. No, it's not. After I spoke with Lord Veyron just a, about a week ago, we had all of our best mages, conjurers anyone with magical capability to help focus our shields up. And within a day and a half, they started testing. The shield also, besides the path that you just went up, also has the shields a little bit below the ground as well. So we don't have to worry about the giant worms that they use on us occasionally. So the city is well protected. The city is good, but unfortunately won't last forever. No. It takes a heavy toll on our magic users to keep up the shield, and whenever they do bombard it, it adds even more strain to it. Yeah, I can only imagine how exhausting that is. With war at our doorstep, we need to end this now. That's what the Lord wants us to do. Luckily enough... From up here, everything is a lot more peaceful, as you can imagine. Down below, people are not happy. They're doing well, but eventually panic will set in. Supplies are rare. And we may have to disable the shield, either to get supplies or to bring the fight to them. Unfortunately, I don't think that's a good option either. But as I've been meditating and searching for an answer, I've been getting something. A little... a tug from the north. Over the mountains. I have no proof of it. But something is whispering to me, saying that this could be exactly what the Lord Veyron is looking for. 
you have to cross the spine of the world to get to it. There well, are rough paths to travel. And as far as we can tell, all the drow are to the west. Well, gentlemen, how do you feel about getting cold? Can I get clean first? And that is a perfect ending to tonight's session. <laughs>